the glory days are here to stay, the 80s horror show. Take a stroll down memory's lane, it's time to start the show. The gory days, the gory days, the gory days, the gory days. The gory days. days. Welcome to the gory days, the show where we take a stroll down memory slain to remember our favorite horror movies from the 1980s and early 1990s. Today, we have a very special episode of the gory days where we're talking about responsibility. And I know how Sesame Street that sounds, but I want to make sure that this is an overarching theme today. Responsibility and how, with great power, there must also come great responsibility from the famous Marvel Amazing Fantasy number 15 featuring Spider-Man himself, Peter Parker's origin story, wherein Uncle Ben does not actually tell Peter, with great power comes great responsibility, but really the voice of God, Peter's mind, his inner monologue, maybe even Stan Lee himself, echoing the words, with great power must also come great responsibility. And in this world that either we've created or we've consigned to or has been thrust upon us, whatever it is, we're here and it is being sustained the entertainment sector is not what it once was it is now our own we're not at the whims of entertainment networks and these big giant companies headed by charismatic people who are basically just there to make shareholders feel feel comfortable now individuals themselves like me and you are creating the content today in our bedrooms in our houses without these big giant budgets and people are engaging with it this is an immense power that i and other creative types in this sector are enjoying but with great power must also come great responsibility there are people who i feel and we'll get into it are taking advantage of this kind of power and using it for evil and maybe even not for evil is the extreme there's definitely people who are doing that but there's also people who are doing it for sheer monetary gain at the expense of people and sometimes even children's moral character mike's here hi how's it going how's it going (laughs) welcome to the gory days you have a good week i did i did uh, well and what's going on this week yeah, you know same same old same old uh you're talking about how you were I'm, in the market for a yeah car. i'm shopping for a car that's pretty cool yeah so i wrote some things down in my notes that i wanted to talk about uh that i'm realizing now i should have been a little more specific because i have a lot of notes here uh none of which have to do with the movie that we're talking oh, okay. about today um but the theme of responsibility might um yeah. i want to talk about that in general first the sure. idea that these people on YouTube and uh, Tinder, uh, not Tinder, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Coming to Tinder Insta- near you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not on yeah. Tinder. Maybe people are using Tinder as like an entertainment source now. I, crazier things have happened. But um, do you watch YouTube? And if you do, do you like any particular YouTubers? Sure, sure. I, I watch uh, YouTube. I don't know. Because there's any like particular ones. I just kind of watch the trending stuff. Oh, you do? Because yeah. there's this just... I'm learning every day these vast worlds that YouTubers create, these uh, under every topic under the sun. Mm-hmm. There's science, uh, th- there's history, there's personal interest, there's, nope. you know, reviews for technology and for, things. Like, uh, 
anything you want to do, like let's say you want to replace the battery on your phone, there's someone specifically for that model who went out through the entire tutorial. For yeah, how there's to how it. to's, yeah. there's DIYs, there's this, there's uh, like you name it. There's mm-hmm. a YouTube video for it. There should be like you know a new like Occam's Law Razor kind of idea that if it exists, <sighs> yeah. there's a YouTube video about it. Should be the new internet rule. Yeah, what would we call that? Yeah. Um, uh, is there like. I don't know how many numbers of rules. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, because Occam's Razor is on there, obviously. Uh, Coulomb's Law is someone on there, right? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Which one's Coulomb's Law? I think it has to do something with positive charges. Of, oh, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, of, okay, yeah. Uh, particles or something like that, right. or maybe even uh, protons. I don't know. Yeah, that but sounds right. There's a YouTube video about this, I'm mm-hmm. sure, that oh, I could sure. look up. Yeah, there's yeah. a YouTube video for, like, folding uh, T-shirts in a really cool, quick way. Yeah, I oh, have seen one of those yeah. where the... Like Someone a has like a, well, yeah, yeah. They, they, um, I think it was a Japanese thing. It was like a cutout of a cardboard cutout, and like you use this cardboard thing to fold your shirt in like three seconds or something like that. It's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, so just YouTube. There's a vast network of millions of things that you can watch. And so there's the informational stuff. But Mm -hmm. separate from all of these topic things where people are explaining or, you know, maybe even doing thought experiment kind of stuff, uh, YouTube videos that say what would happen if the sun just suddenly went out? What would happen if, you know, overpopulation went on and on? Oh, have you seen uh, those? There's a Smarter Everyday podcast. I don't know if you've seen that one now. Oh, it's um, this guy who's um, explaining different science things. I don't know if it's every day. Like hyperbole stuff or just No, like, no, uh, like practical. He'll show you like a demonstration of something like, uh, I, I don't remember. Like brushing your teeth? How well, normal? How every day? Like, um, like, like how soap interacts with dirt on your dishes? Mm, so he went to uh, like a tattoo parlor and he went like how tattoos work and how tattoo removal works. That's and, fascinating. Yeah. I would love to understand that and why you can't get a CAT scan or an MRI or whatever mm-hmm. um, with a tattoo. I'm sure he might explain that. Yeah, and it's the reason is you're actually putting little bits of metal into your skin. Really? Yeah. That's how tattoos work? Mm-hmm. That sounds incredible. Well, I guess that's why it's painful. Yeah. Well, so that's important yep. that YouTube has a intellectual educational position um, and, you know, maybe even social media to an extent of, you know, sharing articles and things like that. Twitter and Instagram is a great way to get uh, attention to things like that. Then I don't know if you want to say it's like two halves. Maybe it's split up into a finer pie than that. But that there's an entertainment section of YouTube that mm-hmm. is simply there to it simply exists to keep us entertained, to sure. keep us laughing and, you know, something to watch the alternatives to regular TV. Sometimes it's regular TV that mm-hmm. are on YouTube that people, you know, will find clever ways. Maybe they'll flip the footage or they'll shrink it down or some way that keeps it uh, away from FCC regulations. Or sometimes it'll even be the actual networks putting their clips on yeah you know, that so. too to get people like it'll show you know just like a section of mm-hmm. a really funny episode to get you to want to subscribe right. to whatever their streaming services mm-hmm. but uh, so yeah that's kind of a subsection of entertainment but the ones that i want to shed light on are the people who just make like sketches sketch comedy mm-hmm. or maybe they just um uh show you know places they've done stand-up and they'll have people film so that they have a reel or things like that mm-hmm. But the ones that I'm being, I'm trying to navigate all the way to are the ones like PewDiePie and mm-hmm. the Pauls and these adults that advertise to children and these adults who have YouTube channels that are unapologetically just 
merchandising machines for these individuals who don't have to follow the same kinds of rules, laws, and regulations that have been applied to television since like the the 90s or even before that. What kind of rules specifically? Things like that um, television programming and advertising has to be 80-20. That children's programming can only have 17 to 20% advertising the rest of it has to be actual content Hmm. and uh i was just watching uh another youtuber today talk about this yeah i'm curious is that same rule for like non-children's television that i'm not sure i don't know yeah Mm. i was only uh this this youtuber that i was watching was talking about his uh the specifically logan paul's influence on children Mm -hmm. and how he's managed to he he's been around since like He's one of the earliest YouTubers, Logan mm-hmm. Paul. You know Logan Paul, right? I, I've heard that name for yeah. sure. Same with PewDiePie. He's but an extremely controversial YouTuber that I feel honestly not very good talking about him too much. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm giving him too much free publicity, but just I want to talk about that idea. So I'm not going to say his name anymore. I just want to mm-hmm. use that idea of oh, excuse me, people who have this power and don't use it responsibly. Mm, it makes it me sick. Yeah. It makes me sick. Uh, when I when I sit here and I do this podcast, at no point am I thinking about like how I'm going to somehow turn this into a money making scheme Brought for me. You by. Maybe I should. <laughs> maybe maybe that's something that's standing in my way. Mm. But but frankly, I'm more concerned about the personal passion I want to get out mm-hmm. and and maybe how entertaining that is sure. and you know how the structure of the show works. Less than buy my shirts and buy you know my my clothes and buy tickets to my tours and and pay to get exclusive content um and things like that when really what he's doing have you okay so you said you don't really know logan paul i didn't really know any of this either so he makes a lot of merchandise he's Mm -hmm. made he he bragged that he made 50 million dollars last year um, which I'm sure a huge chunk of that was merchandise. Uh, and, you know, a lot of it is advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. But what the YouTuber that I was watching, and I wish I could remember the, the name of the channel, was Nerd something. NC, I think, was like the, the acronym. But he, Logan, this guy essentially mm-hmm. takes clip art mm-hmm. off of the internet and removes parts of it or combines it with other clip art, simply like superimposes his signature or things on mm-hmm. top of it and sells that and wow. sells that and tells children to buy it over and over again in videos and in music videos tells his tells children to tell their parents to buy it mm-hmm. which apparently is 100% illegal in mm-hmm. uh like TV advertising wow. and the YouTube landscape the laws are still so new and just can't catch up I don't know that makes me sick you have no. no feelings on this. Well, I know I, I get I get what you're saying, but um, you know. Do you do you have any empathy or sympathy for the kids? Do you I have do. Any, I no, do. Yeah, like, yeah. what does this make you? Does this made me angry when I heard this? That yeah. this guy he makes these videos that are titled "Don't Watch This with Your Parents," where oh, he and a uh, a girl that he there's this ongoing thing where there's this other woman that isn't his real life girlfriend it's just mm-hmm. for the YouTube channel and he'll do all these things so it's like there's a video called don't watch this with your parents where it's like a 
uh, I don't know what's going on. It's, he's basically just like dry humping his girlfriend oh. and like stripping her and stuff. And it's like, this is for, he's gone on record many mm. times saying, oh, my audience is, you know, between like eight and 16, I would say. So mm. I try to aim toward, you know, younger oh. audiences and stuff. Uh, he he openly will bring uh, fame hungry parents, children's on like the parents will agree to have their children on his YouTube page wearing their merch so he can like scream at them uh-huh. or walk around to Walmart acting like it's his own kid and like just being an absolute terror to mm-hmm. everyone around him. It's it's the worst and yeah. it makes it makes. Now, I haven't seen any of this by the way. It makes me so mad. Like there are there are prisoners actively starving in our mm-hmm. prisons this week have you heard about this as well no i don't know what this podcast is turning into but no. i am fired up this week there has been a lot going on there was a there was a an er actress that got mm. shot and killed in her home Jeez. um this actress from uh er uh i forget her name uh marissa montega i think or something like mm-hmm. that she hasn't been on tv in a while she has a history of mental illness her landlady uh calls the police to check on her because she hasn't just for a welfare check Mm -hmm. the police do this they go to her home they talk to her for an hour and a half Mm -hmm. during which they determine she's not uh mentally Mm -hmm. healthy she can't really she shouldn't be here by herself at which point, an hour and a half of this conversation, she w- grabs a BB gun, aims it at the police, who shoot and kill her. Wow. She's dead. She's dead yeah. because the LAPD yeah. are woefully unprepared to deal with the mentally ill. Um, yeah. ah, God, it's... And so there's that. There's the prisoners. Prisoners uh, are striking. Uh, in pri- are, are you aware, listeners and Mike, that in prison, you have to have a job. That when you're in prison, you still have to pay for things. I don't know if it's food, but like I know you're... No, food I'm pretty sure is free, I think. But there's... Shaving cream and stuff. But like a soda for food, like with food. And you're like, mm. you know, extra things. Shoes for Mm. the bathroom, cigarettes, paper Mm. and pencil. Um, Just like things that would keep a person from going insane Mm -hmm. in prison are, are, are... And these things are like... $12 $12 for for mm-hmm, a piece of sure. paper for a for a pad of paper. Oh, wow. And these jobs that they make are the the, the jobs that they do yeah. 2 2 cents an hour. Wow. And so there's this documentary on Netflix right now called 13th that discusses how this is basically modern day slavery. It yep. isn't basically. It's yep. it's 100% protected slavery. It's mm-hmm. in the constitution. Mm-hmm. The 13th amendment says no person should ever I'm paraphrasing, but it's like uh, no one should ever be uh, indentured, should be subjected to indentured servitude, ever. Mm -hmm. And there's a clause, except Mm -hmm. for capital punishment, or Mm -hmm. for as punishment for a crime. So with that clause, anyone can be a criminal. Like, you can use that to any... Well, what I really don't like is um, we're privatizing these prisons. So that's the worst part yeah. of it all. That's why this is mm-hmm. able to continue like this because prisons are paid yeah. to keep prisoners in. Yeah. They don't get as much money if their prisons aren't full, mm-hmm. and so they can fabricate all kinds of things like like monumentous bails for people that are basically to keep poor people from being able to get out of prison. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like standard uh prison sentencing that judges have no say in it's like if you do this then boom without yeah, any minimum trial. uh minimum sentencing yeah it's absolutely insane mm-hmm. 
So I feel like I got a little off topic <laughs> off of the responsibility, but no, not in any way at all. All of these people, there are so many people with so much power and no responsibility to use it but for themselves and for their friends and for their gain. And so this guy, this guy on YouTube has an has a mansion. He has a mansion. Mm-hmm. He lives in Beverly Hills. He lives mm-hmm. next door to other people who hate him mm-hmm. because he's this fake new money that doesn't even appreciate what it has and mm-hmm. basically just uses it for his own vlogging channel and all of these things. So it's it's something else that I think is interesting is that this apparently in in the real world you can be as shitty as you want to poor people be as crappy as you want lie to them steal from them do whatever you want until you're blue in the face but if you dare try to do the same stuff to rich people that that's when it's going to be a problem that's when it's a problem uh it's not until bernie madoff starts stealing from other rich people that that suddenly mm-hmm. you know attention starts uh getting shown on this it isn't until um Oh, what was it? It was a very recent case about a guy uh, who was being there were. It was a, it's a medical uh, uh, health insurance issue where mm-hmm. this guy went in for a procedure, an emergency procedure for like his heart, a heart attack, and his bill was like eighty six thousand dollars out of pocket, like mm-hmm. out of af- after everything, and only because it got media coverage. Did uh, the, I think I saw that on Reddit. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and then they were like, "Oh, it's uh, eight hundred dollars." Yeah, that. and so it's like, what what kind of chance do we stand mm-hmm. when they're literally just playing the well? You can't argue with us. What are you going to do? Yeah. Card. It's. It makes me angry. It makes me. It makes me post things on Facebook in a way that I usually don't. It makes me. It makes you want to join groups. You know, mm-hmm. this is the kind of stuff that gets me fired up. So, yeah. What you're looking at me with yeah. like this doe in the headlights <laughs> look? Like when's he gonna get to? Uh, I, yeah, I thought. Uh, I'm sure everyone else uh, is thinking about it. Fine, yeah. yeah. So great power comes mm-hmm. great responsibility, and I can't think of any greater power than the ability to tell the future. Mm-hmm. The movie we're talking about today is Stephen King's The Dead Zone, right. and uh, it features I'm spoilers. Are there spoilers in every episode of the show? But basically, the main character of this story has more power than i could ever think of mm-hmm. he has the ability to tell a person's future just by touching them yep. and it's a huge power yep. that would that would change the a, world don't you think burden. oh yeah absolutely and a, a huge burden at first he he doesn't want this uh, which is great well that's what i think about is like put it in anyone like i was talking to a friend uh derek was telling me uh that if if in this real world if somebody had that they would probably use it to be a health insurance uh, salesman <laughs> you know they would shake someone's hand and they would go oh well yep. uh, i you, you know they're going years. to die yep. so it's like oh your your premium is uh eighteen thousand dollars right. and they go what that's crazy and you're like all right goodbye yep. meanwhile someone else comes in you know they're gonna live to 92 of old mm-hmm. age and you're like your premiums are 200 a month and they're like yeah. wow it's the lowest in town and <laughs> they paid for you know the next 70 years or something Pretty slick, because yeah. that's because that's that's what that's what one would do. No one would think like, oh, I have to be a superhero with this. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the way it happens, it kind of just like falls into his lap. I don't know if he would have like really flown around the world and become a superhero. Um, yeah, kind of like the TV show turns into. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I like that he was. He just wanted his life back. He was. Uh, well, I guess we should. Go into the... Well, yeah, he's a reluctant superhero. Right, the reluctant hero. Yeah. So, The Dead Zone by Stephen... I'm sorry, not The Dead Zone by Stephen King, but Stephen King's The Dead Zone was released on Friday, October 21st of 1983. What's the difference? So you, you said, like... 
Um, so to say Stephen King's The Dead Zone, uh, and you know, is a way to get audiences in. You know, when you mm-hmm. say Stephen King's Children of the Corn, like okay. last week's, or Stephen King's Graveyard Shift, sure. that suddenly brings people in, regardless right, of right, what right. the thing even is. Mm-hmm. So this film is called Stephen King's The Dead Zone. If you were to call it Stephen, uh, the Dead Zone by Stephen King, then suddenly it's like, did he direct it? Oh, or, I, see, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if anything, it reminds me a little of uh, like whenever you see Tom Clancy's mm-hmm. like Rainbow Six or whatever, or any book like that. Tom Clancy didn't write it. Yeah, or the yeah. games. Like yeah. he didn't make the game right. Splinter Cell, mm-hmm. but he's going to have his name on everything because yeah. it's based on his uh, IP, his intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if anything, this would be Stephen King's The Dead Zone by David Cronenberg, if you mm-hmm. wanted to uh, go into that. Director David Cronenberg, who I love from all kinds... Like, he's the master of body horror. He did Videodrome. Uh, he did... Um, uh, oh, shoot. Uh, oh, The Fly. Mm. Uh, yeah, I just love that slow burn uh, uh, body horror that's honestly non-existent in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of... I thought it was really interesting to see... David Cronenberg kind of spread his wings in more of just like a thematic, dramatic sense, less than a, uh, you know, horror, mm -hmm, yeah, like rising suspense to some kind of horrific climax visually. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was more of a climax, you know, emotionally. So directed by David Cronenberg and produced by Deborah Hill, it's based on, well, obviously it's based on the book, The Dead Zone, written by Stephen King, uh, but adapted into a screenplay by Jeffrey Baum. 1983, it had been a pri- uh, it had already been a pretty good couple of years for Stephen King. Some previous film adaptations of her of his were Carrie in 1976, The Shining in 1980, Creepshow from 1982, Cujo uh, of the same year of August 12th, 1983, and Christine in December of 1983. So two months after this, Christine came out. Popular. Yes, and two months uh, October. This would have been about two months after Cujo and in two months, Christine. So he's got a pretty good Stephen King. uh... So based on the Stephen King novel from 1979 of the same name, I was surprised to find out this was the first book of Stephen King's to reach the number one on the bestseller list. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, And he's gone on record saying it's probably one of his most successful books ever Mm -hmm. uh, with a total of 428 pages. So nice and concise, much smaller than it or some of his more cocaine-induced endeavors. This one is much tighter and obviously much more well-received enough so that Lorimar Film Entertainment began developing the Dead Zone film adaptation, but producer Carol Baum gave the book to screenwriter Jeffrey Baum and asked him to write a screenplay. Lorimar eventually closed its film division after a bunch of box office failures, and soon after, producer Dino De Laurentiis bought the rights to the Dead Zone. Dino De Laurentiis has come up on this podcast before. He's Mm. done, like, almost every great 80s movie 80s horror movie that came out uh at the time um and uh we'll probably talk a lot more about him uh on later shows but yeah seminal 80s horror uh producer dino de Laurentiis. so it is 1983 the movies that are in uh theaters right now are the right stuff Directed by Philip Kaufman. And at home, we're watching Creepshow, Flashdance, The Secret of Nim, Risky Business, and Twilight Zone, the movie. Another great uh, series of films. And on the radio, we'd probably be listening to Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler and Karma Chameleon by Culture Club. I love that song. Cronenberg, Baum, and producer Deborah Hill had script meetings to revise the screenplay page by page. Uh, And King is reported to have told Cronenberg that the changes the director and Baum made to the story 
quote, improved and intensified the power of the narrative. Oh, wow. Unquote, okay. This which is, is always uh, great. This is a, normally it's like, oh, you ruined my work. Mm-hmm. But this is a, like, yeah, you made it better. That's awesome. I feel like that was the case with Clive Barker up until he got his hands on Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. But Stephen King historically has just been just Hollywood's golden goose. Yeah. Everyone loves Stephen King. Right. And there's he, something about just the way he writes is so accessible and apparently easy to translate to screen. That, and he's got so many titles now. It's like. And they're not stopping. Yep. He keeps making more and more and more, and they keep remaking uh, mm-hmm. his stuff. So even if they run out of things, yeah. I think his, mo- his books are very visual. Like, they're easy to, maybe, I shouldn't say easy, but when you do translate them to the screen, there's a lot going on in most of them. Because a lot of them are horror movies. And- but they so. all come from a really grounded, emotional uh, place of relatability, I feel well, like. Well, I wouldn't say all of them. Oh, which ones would you uh, not lump that in? Um I don't, know. I don't know. We've had some. Yeah, which specifically? Uh, I would say Graveyard Shift. Yeah. I mean, maybe, yeah, I mean, it's a short story, so you can't really have the same yeah. depth of character in that one. Well, I'm just going to go through these marketing taglines, and then we'll barrel right through the synopsis. Uh, or rather, the recap. <clears throat> so, I like these taglines. He can see the future, but can he escape it? Dum, dum, dum. And in his mind, he has the power to see the future. In his hands, he has the power to change it. Which kind of reflects one of the silliest moments of the movie, but it kind of has to happen. Um, did you ever watch the Dead Zone TV show? No. Yeah, this inspired uh, a television series of the same name in the early two. 2000s starring anthony michael hall mm-hmm. um my mom watched a lot of that show the dead zone so i remember like seeing that a lot was it still was it like the life of johnny that we're going through no no completely... no i guess if anything it would have to take place somewhere in the middle of this story considering mm-hmm. you know how this ends but uh as far as it might be unrelated i don't know but i mean to to like the main story uh, uh, was johnny not even a character in this? no no it's johnny but okay. it's just like uh it's like him going you know town to town person to person it's like a different person every episode and mm. him trying to trying to stop you know something from happening or make sure something happens mm-hmm. it's something like do you do you watch a lot of time travel like have you ingested a lot of time travel uh stories to to notice the trope of people inevitably when you try to stop something yeah. it's the thing mm-hmm. that keeps it like, that, that makes it happen like, let's say star wars where the um you know he's trying to prevent padma's death or, exactly uh, uh, and that's exactly what he does by trying to stop it he sets mm-hmm. off in motion or by trying to uh make sure i'm trying to think like is there something like oh we have to make sure this happens and by them like trying so hard to make sure it happens it, it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. i don't know but uh maybe like like Beth? No. Or maybe uh, Terminator? Terminator? I think the whole thing is them trying to make sure that Skynet doesn't happen and that John mm-hmm. Connor dies. They keep sending Terminators oh, yeah, into yeah, the yeah. past to make sure John Connor dies. Mm-hmm. And if only thing, all they do is make him stronger and more resilient <laughs> yeah. until he's Christian Bale and able to take mm-hmm. down all everything. I never saw that Transformers, the one where it was in the future with Christian Bale and it supposedly like tied everything together. Was it Genesis a, or was I, it something else? I have a confession to make. I've never seen any of the Transformers. We're not talking about Transformer. We're talking about Terminator. Have uh, you seen the Terminator? But you said Transformer. Oh, did I a second ago? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Terminator. Uh, I have seen the second one. Terminator it's Genesis. Been a long time. Yeah, that's the best yeah, one really with good. the liquid mm-hmm. uh, metal guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so there's some creepy moments in that. I love that. Um. So yeah, that's uh, everything I think I wanted to talk about before we get into the recap. So let's see. I got a little synopsis here. <clears throat> First, the one word or the one sentence. A man awakens from a coma to discover he has a psychic ability. That's enough. 
So now we're going to talk about our analysis. No, I'm kidding. We got some more in here. There's another synopsis here from a uh, from 2014's AV Club. And how Nick- many thumbs would you give? <laughs> <laughs> so Nick Shager of AV Club wrote in 2014 this nice little synopsis. <clears throat> Trimming King's source material down to its lean essence and benefiting from the lack of his imaginative monsters, which never properly translate to the screen, the film concerns main school teacher Johnny Smith played by Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken's baby. Who turns down an offer to stay the night with his girlfriend, Sarah, Brooke Adams, subsequently gets into a traffic accident and awakens from a coma five years later with the gift of second sight. Far from a blessing, however, the power proves to be a damnable curse, turning Johnny into a freak show whose time and attention is coveted by many, but only for their own selfish ends. As the man's vision expands, his life shrinks down to nothing, an isolated existence when Cronenberg detects which Cronenberg depicts through direction that routinely lingers on the empty silences between words and the distant whooshy of whooshing of wintry New England wind. Thought that was a nice poetic way that brings in mm-hmm. the director and everything into it. So this movie has widely been uh, broken down as a triptych. Do you know what a triptych is? I don't. In a piece of art, be it a uh, depiction like paint or music or even film, a triptych is three. It could be three paintings, three albums, three like a stories. Trilogy. A, uh, a trilogy, I, yeah, mm-hmm. would be a triptych. I think it refers to, I guess, yeah, if the trilogy is, you know, a macro one story, then yeah, mm-hmm. it's a triptych, one, two, three. So this is broken down into one, two, three. The first part of the triptych being him getting his powers. The accident, mm-hmm. Johnny Smith going into a coma, uh, waking up five years later and discovering that he has these crazy powers. The second part of the triptych would be him helping the police find the Castle Rock killer, Frank Dodd, okay. and that little vignette. And the third and final one is Johnny deciding to take down uh, Governor Stilson mm-hmm. and that whole political decision at the end. Which I would say part of two is like him being a tutor and going back to his mostly reclusive life. So. Oh, yeah, I would agree. I would agree that um, that's kind of like why the police come to him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's break it down. Let's go triptych, or I don't know what you would call it. Let's go tick by tick okay. of the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so, tick number one. Johnny Smith is a English teacher or like a poetry teacher. He's yeah. reading the, the Raven, and it's so funny. Every time poetry, anytime a poem is being read in a movie, mm-hmm. it's always the Raven. <laughs> Um, the Edgar Allan Poe story, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, Christopher Walken's reading anything is amazing. He looks so, so ridiculous <laughs> as the teacher. He's got like his never dirty... more, never more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So anyway, he's a school teacher. He's uh, boyfriends uh, with this. Uh, well, I mean, he's boyfriend dating. and girlfriend. He's dating Brooke, Sh- uh, no, Brooke Shields, uh, Brooke Adams. Um, Sarah in this movie. Yeah. She's also a teacher, and they're kind of in love. Yeah. And- so they go to an amusement park and uh, they're on a roller coaster and Johnny gets a headache and that's, you know, ultimately exacerbates to, no, 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 I don't want to go home with you. Yeah. I'm just going to go He's a classy back guy. home. Yeah. He's really nice, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to, yeah. I've got a headache. I got to mm-hmm. go. And uh, he gets in a terrible car accident. He, 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 he like T-bones a gas truck or something. What yeah. was it? Did you see? Uh, it was some liquid that was spilling. Yeah. Uh, was it milk? No, you, <laughs> wouldn't, you wouldn't put milk in a thing like know. that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but hey. the point is that that he crashes and um Cause it, he, it looked a little white on screen but i'm sure it was like oil or whatever or maybe yeah. um so uh he crashes and he wakes up in a hospital but oh my god it's been five years five years of his life is completely gone mm-hmm. and uh I, I would be freaking out right. he seems like i guess he's he's 
it's been five years. He's probably atrophied a little bit, so yeah. I'm sure he's weak. But well, it seems like he remembers everything that happened right. Yeah, like before. the moment, and yeah. then just this five year gap. He mm-hmm. still thinks Sarah's waiting for him. Right. He still thinks his mom is alive yeah. or at least healthy. This is one of the only goofs I saw in the movie. Is that as soon as he wakes up, the doctor is like right there. Oh, is <laughs> like, she? Yeah, yeah. He's, the doctor is right there, and. Um, his parents are right outside. Like they knew, <laughs> they knew he was going to wake was up. The yeah. day. Today was the day. Like they were yeah. going to be there. Um, uh, so the first thing that he realizes is up is when he grabs the nurse's hand. The gra- mm-hmm. the nurse is like tucking him in or something, or yeah, or maybe changing his blood. I don't remember. But mm-hmm. uh, he she grabs he grabs her hand, and he he's like transported to this burning room this room that's it's a burning. really cool effect it's, it's really cool because burning thing right next to him it keeps flashing back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um and uh, there was some fun trivia the like sweat on his head mm-hmm. was flame retardant like goo mm. to make sure they didn't catch on fire but it ended up looking really good mm-hmm. so they kept it the way it looked like mm. it looks like sweat like oh, yeah, what's yeah. going on i thought it was sweat and i love that uh I don't know if it's like part of his powers to like know what to say too, but he's able to say like Amy, like go your daughter. She's yeah, like I, so I I can understand like that he sees this picture, but he like knows that this is her daughter. He knows too. exactly where she is. Yeah. He knows it's her daughter. He knows it's happening right, right. this he moment. Knows the timeline, yeah. So it's like not quite the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know. I didn't know how to interpret this. If it was like his powers, like you know, kind of like. Maybe be part of his powers is to know when it's happening. Yeah, because it, it seems like the long... I don't know. We'll get into like the weirdness of his powers because mm-hmm. at some point it really seems like they're completely centered around mortality. Like he can't see anything unless it has to do with death. Mm-hmm. Um, but then other times it's 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 weird, like especially when he touches uh, Mrs. Dodd, Frank Dodd's mom. Um, but the uh, we meet his doctor, um, Dr. Sam Wyzak, played by the great Herbert Lom, Herbert Lom, who uh, basically, uh, when he gets touched, when the uh, when uh, Johnny touches him, he sees, it's so weird, like, this is what I mean. Mm-hmm. W- at one point we're talking about, oh, he can only see people's deaths, but in this one, he sees way back to World War II, yeah, he and sees, he can see the doctor, mm-hmm. yeah, what does he see? Yeah, he sees, um, like, there's, first off, really cool effects, they had panzers on set, I'm yeah, sure that costs, tanks. yeah. Sure, that costs uh, quite a bit. And he sees a scene where uh, the doctor is being separated from his mother and he's getting taken away to like some safety place. Yeah, it's one of those scenes where the mom has her son and she's running toward like a cart that's that's getting out of town right. and there's no room on them for the mom, but there is for the yeah, boy. She's, and- she's- What's the baby? She sacrifices herself. Right. She sacrifices herself for her son, mm-hmm. living beyond herself. With her power comes a great responsibility. Mm-hmm. His uh, so the doctor went the rest of his life believing that she sacrificed herself and she died. But Johnny is able mm-hmm. to somehow know. I don't really know how that's clear with the vision yeah, that we see. We don't see it. Yeah, he must see something else yeah. that that's, that makes it clear that she's still alive. Yep. And the doctor's like, "No, you're crazy." But then you know, in the privacy of his office or his home, he calls her and she answers Mm -hmm. and he doesn't talk to her and later he uh the doctor tells johnny you were right i called her and Mm -hmm. johnny's like what what did you say like don't you want to get to know her and he's like no because it it wasn't meant to be it wasn't meant to be and i feel like that's another really important thing is he then the doctor then has great power Mm -hmm. in that moment to force himself back into a life that he didn't even know existed and mm-hmm. is that really his place he made peace with it a long time ago yeah, yeah. and 
like to basically have your mother come back to life and then eventually see her die and rebury her again like was it worth right. and this is like he must have been i don't know in his early teens or maybe even early uh, younger than that and the Probably doctor's younger. like like i don't know this is maybe in the 60s or so yeah. So it's like 50 years he hasn't seen his mom. And he probably came to terms with it like right. many times over mm-hmm. over that time. Um, so, yeah. And he kind of, well, like that, like he kind of understood that this was supernatural and he should avoid it. He's like, no, no. This. But this is uh, like a, a great moment that I want to focus on is the like emotional core of this that mm-hmm. we're talking about a guy with psychic powers mm-hmm. and in i feel like in this day and age that would be the focus of it it's like yeah. whoa he's a psychic and he's able to do all of this crazy stuff and let's get a montage of him helping people in like crazy ways but here it, it is like he th- th- that's barely the important part here the important part is a son reconciling that his mother is still alive and right. deciding not to contact her yep. Or not to, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like that's that's what carries this. Yeah, and so yeah. yeah, this is a great scene. This is a great moment. There are no uh, small Just, characters. Everyone has like a depth to it. Yeah, the yeah. doctor is a great actor, yeah, and that's absolutely. a big thing on Cronenberg's style. Uh, he usually like uh, in past films like Videodrome with uh, James Woods, he'll focus a lot on one character, and mm-hmm. they'll be like a standout performance. Everyone else will kind of just like fall mm-hmm. by the wayside. But you know, mm-hmm. oh, the great James Woods. This one. Every single yeah. person, even like uh, the 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 dad, Roger, or whatever, right. like every single person holds their own. Mm-hmm. They're all great actors great, in their yeah. own right. So obviously, media coverage starts happening around this guy, and he eventually has a press conference. Uh, I don't remember if it's at his. Uh, I don't remember who sets it up, but it seems like the doctor kind of set it up. But the, all the doctors also saying like, you don't have to answer right, this, right. And you don't have to do this yeah. if you don't want to. So. The point is that um, people are finally getting, like, their questions. They're going like, what? You're a liar. This Mm -hmm. can't be real. One reporter is super dubious. And uh, he gets touched. Johnny, Mm -hmm. you know, he's like... Oh, he's trying to, like, prove him wrong or something like that. He's trying to... It it makes me think of those, like, do you remember those psychics? Like, Mm -hmm. on like John Edwards and things like that, who would go on TV and talk about... Oh, and disprove the... Yeah, like, I hear hear someone in this section of the audience Mm -hmm. with a, a family member... Whose name starts with a G or oh, has oh, a G in it? I, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah. I swear. How does I, he know this? I swear, I could like just do it, like mm-hmm. with a with a person, and it's like it's it's about using like just suggestion and, and the most what people react to yeah they're just broadest yeah. things possible that mm-hmm. people couldn't say no to like oh I, I someone in here enjoyed teaching it's like oh my <laughs> aunt enjoyed teaching me my abcs that's insane yeah. um kinds of stuff so it, it's kind of got that air to it because mm-hmm. when the reporter goes up he's like oh yeah let's see if you can even tell me and he touches his hand and immediately he's like you want to know why your sister killed herself and he's instantly like, oh, right. No, he wants to pull real. back, but um, Johnny keeps holding his hand and tells like a little bit more of that and he pulls away. And, yeah, uh, it creeps him out yeah. uh, as it would creep anybody out. And I feel like that news coverage is what, you know, eventually Sparks gets everything. Uh, gets yeah. a lot of people coming to him. Um, and it's something that's not, I love that it's not like, beating you over the head that like oh you can you can, if you read someone's mind it's going to make you weaker and you'll you might die from it mm-hmm. it's never just like outright told these are the rules yeah. you have six chances and once you get to the sixth you're dead like yeah. kind of thing it was just like right. christopher walken does a great way of portraying that each time he gets weaker and yeah. it really takes a lot and he out describes of it i think to sarah it says like or maybe it's his dad uh that each time it feels like he's dying a little bit 
uh, what he uses to say that. So yeah. So after the reporter and that whole thing, uh, yeah, you mentioned his dad. Uh, his mom used to be, you know, oh. I assume healthy, but mm-hmm. now this five-year coma, she's on her deathbed. Yeah. And it's really sad. But he's there like just moments yeah, before I think it was like twelve days right after he came out of the coma. So he like touches her hand and like we don't see what the vision mm-hmm. is, but I assume it's just the near future, like right. seconds, because he goes down. And even he's like kind of surprised how sudden it was, mm-hmm. and it's just. Uh, yeah i don't know have you ever been near someone when they like during their death rattle no yeah it's it's not it i don't know it's not fun Mm -hmm. um but uh, that's when he goes home and he talks to his dad who Mm -hmm. admits he's like not much help and he really isn't but (laughs) hey he's his dad and like like, i wish your mom was here she would have told you she would have known how to talk about this batshit crazy thing that's happening (laughs) to you and has never happened to anyone and probably will never happen to anyone again you're a freak johnny it's it's like it's if this was in the internet, like if they remade this movie like today and his story went viral, it would have been such a bigger problem. Like he's yeah. able to move like to the to next small town, town yeah. and no one bothers him yeah. anymore. It would it would be such a problem mm-hmm. of people just like throwing themselves at him, forcibly right. touching him, which I assume he can't control. Yeah. So he moves to this other small town to sort of stay away from this uh all this well well actually before that yeah uh, uh, uh i think um, there's a there's a killer on the loose yeah so because of this media coverage and stuff he's just sitting at home with his dad he's trying to enjoy life and just get basically his life started again because mm-hmm. sarah he ran into his, she's married she's married she's got a kid she's got a baby yeah. in those five years yeah. she, she turned around quick yeah. although to be fair the baby was only 10 months oh is it oh so okay so, like, okay okay yeah. uh that's true i guess it's not that old it's, it that's that's always a weird thing in movies yeah. is like babies look way older right because you can't say. have a 10 month a, oh, yeah. yeah like in, in the snow right. that's the other thing is like this is all it looks like it's filmed on location where mm-hmm. it looks like actually really frigid out um but yeah like uh he finds out that sarah isn't there for him anymore yeah. and, and she seems really hard broken about mm-hmm. it like in the same way that the doctor made peace with his mom being dead she's yeah. made peace with that he's she's never he's gonna gone. wake up yeah. he's not gonna come back and mm-hmm. now that he is she doesn't know what to do with herself right. kind of she's like uh-oh i'm entangled in this new life yeah. and now my my old my, my the love of my life is back right. yeah and she still loves her husband and she's like yeah you know johnny you would have liked him or you would like him so yeah it's kind of yeah, what are you going to do? Again, the movie about a psychic with psychic powers, right. the real emotional nugget mm-hmm. is the fact that he was gone yeah. and that this complicated love triangle, I guess a love triangle would imply that the other two people are also no, in love? Yeah. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's not a triangle. It's no, a, it's a line that, with maybe another line. <laughs> I think like for a love triangle to be an actual triangle, there have to be three people involved. Two people have to love the one person and the two people who love the person have to like be like, you know, brother and sister mm-hmm. or, or like brothers have, have a relationship they have to have a relationship yeah. that makes them both one and the same person mm-hmm. even worse yeah. um than just being like hey you like her i don't even know you yeah um so uh i guess the love triangle there is that i guess there isn't a love triangle it's a love peak yeah it's yeah. a love it's a love what would, yeah it's a, it's a love peak <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah um uh anyway so that is when tom scarrett enters the movie he's the sheriff he's sheriff george bannerman uh mm-hmm. who tells him Listen, we need your help. There's this guy who's been going around killing the Castle Rock the Killer. Castle Rock Killer. So that's fun. This movie takes mm-hmm. place in the fictional town of Castle Rock, Maine. Mm-hmm. Listeners might recognize the name from Cujo and other stories. Uh, uh, um, oh shoot, Needful Things and other stuff. But 
and the Amazon. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, that yeah, most people will probably remember from the Amazon TV show that's on uh, Amazon Studios show that's on right now, mm-hmm. Castle Rock, that mm-hmm. takes place in the same town. And in fact, in the show, there are references to the Castle Rock Killer and things mm-hmm. like that. Cujo features Frank Dodd as a ghost. It's kind of it takes place after the events of of uh this movie and uh oh wow <laughs> wow siri has been listening to me this whole time let's see if she let's see what she got oh siri you're creating dead error you're killing me <laughs> Come all on, right siri. whatever uh, if she decides to stop being a b anyway yeah. um so yeah uh in cujo it's uh if frank frank dodd is in it but he's like a ghost he's the spirit that's Mm. haunting like uh this this one particular kid it's really freaky and it's kind of implied that the spirit of frank dodd is kind of in cujo too and it's like you know brought out by the rabies does he look kind of like the actor who played him in this movie Uh, or is it not related what do you mean like oh like in the book as he's described oh i thought this was on the castle rock show oh no no no. he's not in the show the the idea is that this movie took place in actual 1983 and so mm-hmm. the castle rock killer was killed in 1983 mm-hmm. and it's just you know everyone still talks right. about it and still it's, everyone's like oh do you remember that castle rock killer mm-hmm. well this you know shawshank is in the same castle rock town and mm-hmm. everybody there works at shawshank um so yeah frank dodd uh, is well we don't know it sorry it's the it's the the castle rock killer we don't know who the castle yeah, rock killer is know. it's this person going around killing women uh we young just women see sheriff uh what's the name bannerman sheriff bannerman played by and tom scarrett deputy show and his, up and, and his deputy yeah, dodd right yeah show up at this house and he's like his deputy is like are you sure this guy's uh gonna do what you're looking for is like it's worth a shot it's i don't know if this comes from real world things i don't know if the police i don't know if there's any record of police actually turning to psychics to, I, th- I think there might be if it is i'm sure any person that was convicted of anything mm-hmm. based on a psychic has been released or yeah. has to be because that can't be admissible no i don't think it's admissible but maybe like it gives them a tip or something like that to like but it's based on nothing yeah it's based on right. so like i could make something of as sure. long as i don't like my neighbor i'll mm-hmm. say i'm a psychic and and say, oh yeah, they did it. Like, Probable cause, right there. Uh, well, yeah, seriously, <laughs> like these—it's it's all under uh, a person's like, uh, what is it? Agenda mm-hmm. and agendas, yeah, yeah, are yeah. are people. Um, so yeah, I don't know if this is based on anything, but George, uh, Detect- Sheriff Bannerman is mm-hmm. is at wit's end. It's like I I don't have any other options. It's worth a shot. So yeah, they petitioned the local psychic Johnny mm-hmm. Smith. Uh, to help them find the guy and so they do what any normal person would do they bring this nobody to the scene of the crime to touch the bodies well at first he's like i want nothing to do with this for for a long time and it's only until uh his dad convinces him right that and he he watches something in the news for like there's another murder like just nearby and then he's like okay Uh, and he calls makes him realize like how the the power and responsibility that he has that Wow, the police came to me, I told them no, mm-hmm. it's still happening, yeah. and now the more it happens, the more it's kind of on me because right. I have the power He's, and I said no. Right. And so it's like, these deaths are kind of my fault yeah, now. Yeah, he could have run them. In a similar way that Spider-Man kind of internalizes every single thing that's ever happened to him ever since he killed Uncle Ben, mm-hmm. that everything well, is under his purview. killed Uncle Ben. He but, considers it. He know, considers okay. it that it was his actions that led to Uncle Ben being killed, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, Spider-Man 
maybe that'll be on a different podcast, but he has like a a clinical guilt problem <laughs> with everything. Um, and it's actually played to pretty comedic effect in some uh, comics. Like um, there's a uh, Marvel zombies where uh, every, the entire world has turned into zombies and the mm-hmm. only survivors are Marvel superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the idea is that whenever they're hungry, they're absolute, just mindless monsters. Mm-hmm. But after they've eaten, they are basically their normal superhero selves with all the knowledge that they've killed the entire planet and eat them, eaten them all. So Spider-Man is an absolute wreck and oh, <laughs> he no. just can never be, consoled until he's starving and he's a monster and as soon as he's done eating he's like no what have i done oh, i'm a monster it's really funny and like no one else can stand him because of like <laughs> like how like oh my god every time with this guy um so anyway johnny decides to help the police long story short he touches one of the bodies and finds that it was indeed deputy frank dodd committing all of these murders dum, dum, dum. and so once again is but, that but Dodd, thing? Dodd flees the scene right before. Right. But police using the fact that they're police to murder. Because we see in the flashback that it like, he wasn't even under his like police. Like, hey, I'm an officer. Come over here. Right. It was just like, he, hey, he girl. hey, come over here. Yeah. It was the gazebo. Um, mm-hmm. Alma. Yeah, just this girl. And he's like, hey, Alma, come over here. And mm-hmm. he's like, what you got? Mm-hmm. Hello? Why aren't you saying anything? And he gets her. Right. Um, and I assume does terrible and, and things. And in a very like, disturbing way, he has these scissors that he stabs his victims with multiple times. Yeah, they're like, barbis- they're like uh, barber shears. Yeah. They're really pointed, mm-hmm. uh, like nose trimmer kind yeah. of things. Which is how he killed, and it's only women he goes after. Yeah, yeah, and which makes, I mean, I think they say in the broadcast, or maybe the police say it, but they're they're also raped. Like, it's, mm, it's, a, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a sexualized crime. Yeah, and some of them are really young. And oh, God, that's right. So, yeah. so um, last straw, Johnny knows who he is. Frank Dodd flees the scene of the crime, and they know where his house is. He's a deputy, so mm-hmm. they go there. Mrs. Dodd is, like, defending him right. with, like, religious crap. Um mm-hmm. And it isn't until Johnny touches her that he goes, you knew, you knew, didn't you? And you were protecting him. Mm -hmm. And she retaliates with, you're the devil, you're the devil. Um, And uh, I love this idea that like, I don't believe religion makes her this. I believe Mm -hmm. she uses religion to justify anything she needs Mm -hmm. and that, that people are already sick. Mm-hmm. And they use religion to justify their sickness and things that I don't think Catholicism or Christianity or any organized religion makes a person racist or transphobic or any of those things. I think they're born that way. And the wrong congregations just twist that and mm-hmm. can turn people into just the most despicable monsters hiding behind righteousness mm-hmm. when it's not, it, it's not at all that. And in, 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 proper perspective i'm sorry i'm being really political but just proper perspective that has nothing to do with your religion and in Mm -hmm. no way am i commenting on your religion in fact christianity i think is a very good and it does a lot of good for people i think you are lying you're using the word to to push yeah hate right i mean like from her perspective she she clearly loves her son and is willing to do. Oh, that's a separate thing. That's right. why I, I yeah. believe I believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, 
But beneath all of that, you know, you're the devil and things, mm-hmm. it's a mother who loves her son and yes. unconditionally so yeah. and who can never do wrong. And, you know, might even do all the mental gymnastics to believe that, like, oh, these women deserve it, you mm-hmm. know? Like, oh, they're whores or something like that. And my poor boy, like, it, it gets into, like, psycho kind of, mm-hmm. like, manipulation of a, of a person. Like, who's to say that Frank Dodd does this of his own volition? Maybe mm-hmm. his mom is, you know, the real source of this. Maybe she abused him growing up. Who yeah. knows? We don't know. Don't see There's no that. due diligence done. Right. In fact, Frank Dodd kills himself <laughs> in the most oh, horrific, is... oh, right. oh, my God. Absolutely amazing. It's, it, was. it's 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 great because he deserves that kind of death mm-hmm. with what he's done but for him to do it himself yeah oof, so, oof. so the way he kills himself is so movie and i don't know if they do it in the book but mm-hmm. it's just it's just it makes no sense yeah. just like from a like i okay like i have self-preservation and even when i'm even if I put myself in the, okay, time to die, mm-hmm. I don't want to do it with a lot of pain. Yeah. I want it to be as painless as possible. Yeah. He puts his, you know, uh, those particular scissors that he uses on all his criminals in the tub on the faucet in such a way that he can essentially do like a quick sit up and stab himself in the face. Yeah, he's going to throw his weight down onto uh, this and it's going to go into his mouth through the back of his neck. And we kind of see it up. Well, because when he bursts in, when Johnny and the detective burst, or uh, the sar- uh, sheriff burst in, he's still alive, kind of, yeah, and, like, just still... on his, like, last, uh, he's, like, gurgling, he's got the, the scissors in his face, mm-hmm. oh my god, dude, Oh, like, I, I, that is such a thing for me, is, 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 is foreign objects in the yeah, face, like, yeah. eyes, or, or just, because, yeah, that makes me cringe. Yeah, they did a really good job in the... Like visually showing, it. I thought they were going to cut away or something. Like that but I thought they weren't going to show it or something. Yeah. It was just going to be like, oh, he's definitely dead, and take our word for it, he's yeah. dead. Just yeah, but uh, that's not it. They mm-hmm. leave the the scene, and Mrs. Dodd pulls a gun and mm-hmm. actually shoots Johnny. Right. And I was like, oh shoot, <laughs> like he, he's in trouble. She gets he gets like a gut shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Sheriff pulls a gun and blows her away. Right. And uh, that, a quick firefight. And, that's it yeah. for the Dodds. Um, mm-hmm. and that's what prompts uh, Johnny to move away way Mm because this is what moves us on to what is the third tick the third triptych of johnny gets approached by a brand new guy um what's his name you're talking about the tutor for the The dad i'm talking about the dad Mm -hmm. um johnny's like left out to a different town kind of nearby and he wants his new life and he doesn't want to go out in public so he stays He's like homeridden. He's a hermit, he's but a he's still got to make money. So he right. starts teaching home lessons yeah. that he doesn't really advertise. They're kind of mm-hmm. just word of mouth right. because apparently people still know about him and mm-hmm. probably more so now that he actually like stopped a criminal. Right. Um, so he gets approached by a very wealthy mm-hmm. uh, potential patron who says that um, my son is really introverted and yeah. I'm worried about him and I would love to pay you to to tutor him and essentially you know get him to come out of his shell mm-hmm. and uh, he's like okay great bring him over he's like no yep. you got to come to my house like, and, i don't go outside yeah and yeah. he's like that's a problem um you have to do this once long story then, short no. he agrees uh, i found the dad his name is uh the character's name is roger stewart played by anthony zerb mm-hmm. uh z-e-r-b z-e-r-b-e and i feel like there's another piece of um like uh he also feels a bit of that responsibility he's like maybe i can have this kid out of a shell only it's, it's gonna 
have to have me leaving the house. Yeah. Which is something he doesn't want to do. But it's great to... because he realizes he still has a power beyond his psychic abilities. Right. He's still a power teacher. as a good educator yeah. and as a teacher. And he could probably change this young man's life, <laughs> which he ends up doing, yeah. but not how he imag- imagined. So uh, Mr. Roger Stewart, I imagine, you know, was willing to pay. I think he implies that he's going to pay a lot of money. Oh, sure. For this. He's, he's um, very wealthy. Yeah. So yeah. he could use the money. So John Stewart, uh, John Stewart, John Smith <laughs> agrees. Um, and uh, that's where we meet. Governor Stilson, played by the great uh, Martin, Martin Sheen. Sheen. Martin yeah. Sheen. Fast-talking yeah. Republican. Like, right. oh, my God, he's the most greasy, despicable mm-hmm. guy on screen. And reminded he, he me a lot plays of, him well. Reminded well. me a lot of our current president. Yes, it was yes. really eerie. Oh, yeah. And there are YouTube videos and articles online about how this movie... It's so weird how we can go back and ingest past mm-hmm. pieces of art and go, like... I know oh, that, what, what a dirty comment. Yeah, like, oh, this is so, this is so silly. Like, yeah. this could never happen. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, we live it. We yeah. live it. There's a, a book um, that was written in, like, the 20s or the 30s called It Could Never Happen Here about mm-hmm. a fictionalized America that slowly gets overtaken by fascism. Mm-hmm. And it was basically, you know, like a, a, a fictionalized account of, like, you know, what could happen if, you know, we just silently let things go by and you read it today and it's basically an account of what's happening right now of our leaders will be replaced by loud people who simply get their opinions out and most importantly discredit actual news news. to make them the only source of reason Mm. and the only and anything anyone else says is a trick or a lie and it's like oh my god we're there and like Okay, so yeah, we'll get of, to it. Uh, the um, I think he's running for governor is what we first see him mm-hmm. doing, and uh, or is a mayor first? I don't know. No, he's, he's he's running for governor. Yeah, he's running for governor, but for the for like a political race, mm-hmm. like the idea is that like he's going to be president. He's gonna like if he wins this right. governorship, and then it, soon. And he has that to... discussion with his uh, what, what's his Sunny Sunny, yeah, um, which is like his. I don't know. It's like his it. muscle. Yeah, it's like his number he two. He doesn't have many other <laughs> job but to be in, uh, yeah. intimidating and evil. Yeah. Although he's pretty clever. He's a pretty clever oh, guy. Is he? The Sunny, yes, from what, from what I understand. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, um, I can't wait to hear your take yeah. on it. Uh, yeah, I forgot where exactly, but he's, there's a few things where like Sonny was the voice of reason. Yeah. Well, before we get there, we meet Chris, who's the little mm-hmm. boy that uh, yeah. son to Roger Stewart, Chris Stewart, and they actually hit it off. Uh, mm-hmm. The way his dad makes him sound is like he's not going to talk, and it's going to take like maybe several sessions right. before he opens up. And almost instantly, he's yeah. like, he's like, oh yeah, my dad's weird. He's got yeah. a big, beautiful room. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing house and things, but it's obvious his dad is like semi-neglectful doesn't understand him thinks he likes hockey right. when he's got like an old dot matrix computer yeah. i love that I, I think he's like his dad is like forcing him out versus like letting him you know, do he his has thing. no interest in yeah. getting to know him he just yeah. wants him to be okay and mm-hmm. to him he's like oh he's weird mm-hmm. i don't know did did your parents ever do that i kind of had a similar thing where it was like oh you're not playing sports and you're yeah, not going I was, out that was kind of what's wrong yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. like why is that seen as like oh that's wrong mm-hmm. It's because like movies and TV show kids as oh that's they they are running around. And I think it's extroverted. just like mo- most people are extroverted. So uh, when like there is someone who's introverted, like you don't really like oh there must be something wrong with uh, with them wanting to be alone for for a while. Yeah. So is that like an individual's inexperience with knowing how to interact with ex- introverted people, or is that a responsibility that everyone kind of has? That it's like 
the yeah. introverted should be expected to educate people on how to treat them, mm-hmm. or I don't know. I don't know. That seems I guess like it's a lot like of part of your who has the power and who has the responsibility <laughs> is what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. Is it the the person who's trying to just be themselves, mm-hmm. or is it the person who's trying to push what they think is normal on everyone? Yeah. I think it's the the latter, right? Well, it's probably both. You is know? it? I don't know. I feel like that inappropriately puts a lot on the person who's just trying to be themselves. Yeah. Like, do 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 I also have to know how to articulate mm-hmm. what I want and who I am? I mean, it's, it's important, you know? Uh, That's true. So. That is true. I feel like there is a value to, to being mm-hmm. able to communicate your interests confidently. How would people know? Sort of like, yeah, and so. how can you stand up for yourself if mm-hmm. you don't even know what you like? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like Chris. He doesn't seem to have a lot of friends, but mm-hmm. he has his interests that aren't supported by his family. Right. Um, and that's probably what resulted in him being kind of reclusive. Johnny probably responds to that as well with his current situation. Who knows if, you know, he was an introverted child or things like that, yeah. but he certainly is now. He's mm-hmm. basically a hermit by choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris is kind of a hermit, not by choice. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe by choice. Or maybe but, a little bit by choice. Yeah. yeah. But so they have that kind of uh, kinship. And the dad doesn't like it mm-hmm. like he sees them it's like day one i thought it, it made it seem like it was like you know maybe a week yeah, uh, but like they're montage, outside yeah because yeah, it's like them like walking outside and it's like oh hey aren't we having fun mm-hmm. but apparently it was the same day because mm-hmm. the dad's like i don't want you like what, what, am i doesn't he say this or am i making this up i, doesn't, I, don't, I don't think so. i don't remember that i, don't I, remember I just him. remember there being a weird moment where it's like they're walking outside and they're being buddy buddy and the dad's like looking at the curtain like well, I don't know about this, mm-hmm. um, but like he paid him. This is what yeah, he yeah. wanted. Right. But um, anyway, so Governor Stilson, who we met, there's a couple of little scenes he of him being in. a bastard. Yeah. First, we meet him. Uh, well, you know, what I like is like the first scene we see him. He's uh, trying to get. Uh, he's trying to get everyone's vote. He's trying to get the donation from uh, what's the dad's name? Uh, Roger Stewart. That's Roger Stewart. what he's doing. Yeah, and as soon as he walks into the door, he. He reaches his hand out, so you think, oh, Johnny's going to touch his hand, but no, he actually gives him a button. That's a great uh, moment. Yeah, that was yeah, really yeah. good for him running for governor. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, like. um, and there's also a great comment where John asks Roger Stewart, he's like, why, why, why do you like this guy? Like, mm-hmm. what do you do? And it's a really relatable thing yeah. to President Donald Trump, mm-hmm. where it's like, these kinds of guys... Slime you don't want to be on their yeah. bad side. Right. Yeah, they're slime balls. You don't want to be on their bad side... But but you can't have them. Uh, you can't. You don't want to support them, but you don't want them to be your enemy. So, is that it? Yeah, yeah, I just remember the one line of him saying, uh, "Like, I mean, that's paraphrasing. You want them to remember, like, once they make it, you mm-hmm. want them to have they remember you fondly, yeah. or something like that." And it's just that's it. Is mm-hmm. that like, even if you know what they're doing is wrong, mm-hmm. they're going to make it, and you just got to get yours. You got to get on those yeah. coattails. You got to ride whatever you can right. behind them, draft and get what you can out of it. Mm-hmm. Johnny's without being implicated like, directly. Yeah. So he's, he sees, um, shoot. What's the dad's name? Roger Stewart. Yeah. Roger. He's uh friendly with the, the governor candidate. Uh, and, uh, um, Stilson. Yeah. Stilson. And you know, they seem like buddy buddies. And then as soon as, uh, he leaves, he shows like a speech of his and, um, clearly, Johnny's like, uh, well, he clearly, Roger Stewart is making fun of uh, Stilson on the TV. And he's like, well, I, I, Johnny's like, oh, I thought you were friends. He's like, no, no, this is kind of just something you have to do. It's sort of like that's politics it. that you play. Yeah. And God, that's that's it, isn't it? Like and you sit here. There's one other line that he says, like, 
uh, this guy's a lunatic or something like that, but people are crazy enough to listen to him. That's it. That's it. That was Mm -hmm. the line is that he's a lunatic, but people are crazy enough to listen to him that like all of his logos and stuff is him wearing a hard hat and trying Mm -hmm. to be like, Oh, I'm one of you. I'm one of the people. He's doing pushups. He's like, Oh, I'm going to make this country so good or or I'm going to make you so basically the same stuff. But that, that, that line is what rings true is that Mm -hmm. like, he's crazy and we know it, Mm -hmm. but other people are crazy enough to listen to him, so it just makes financial and personal sense to not like fully ally ourselves, but yeah. don't unally. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you can't, you can't support him, or you don't want to support him, but you don't want to like drag your. And so, in that moment, Roger has power, mm-hmm. and every person who's supporting this monster right. has power to stop him. Yep, he's from, a very wealthy guy. He in knows the he's same a bad. way that John Stewart has. He has the mm-hmm. same kind of power, but they're yeah. afraid. They don't have the responsibility to mm-hmm. use that power. They're not concerned with living beyond themselves. They wouldn't sacrifice themselves to save their child in World War II. Ugh, they would probably sacrifice their mother now to make a buck. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of mentality. Because that, what is the quote? It's the all evil needs to succeed is for good men to do nothing. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. That mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mean picketing in the streets. It doesn't mean, right. you know. Just being silent. Just being silent and yeah. just assuming someone else will do it. Or that mm-hmm. it's not really a big deal. Or that mm-hmm. it won't affect you. Mm-hmm. It it will. And what's worse is that people will, will trick voters into thinking they're voting for something that will make their lives better mm-hmm. because they're told that they're lied to when yeah it, it's just empty promises after empty promises fake promises right. legitimately fake mm-hmm. well this is going to make so many jobs this is going to mm-hmm. make so many jobs yeah just straight up lies mm-hmm. and uh yeah stilson isn't isn't as like openly dumb mm-hmm. with his lies he, he he's he's painted as more of like more politically savvy but he's also just a straight-up gangster mm-hmm. in some scenes yeah, yeah, yeah. in between the the roger stewart chris stewart uh, me, uh all of that there's a scene of stilson and sunny mm-hmm. blackmailing uh an editor an editor yeah. literally affecting the press mm-hmm. so the- who have we seen been doing that lately <laughs> yep with his fox and friends mm-hmm. also uh what's the name David Peter or something like that, the guy who owns the Inquirer. Oh boy, yeah. No. Well, in this film, the editor was going to publish something against Stilson, but he's going to do his job right. as un as unaffiliated press. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying that as he was not affiliated with any political pundit. He was right. not owned. Although by... he clearly didn't like Stilson, but right. Yeah. But that's kind that's of the job. job. Yep. That's the job is to right. like Stilson's job is mm-hmm. to push himself. Yep. Everyone else's job is to show the facts mm-hmm. and opinions and and Stilson as so he had Sonny take pictures of him and as mistress. Yeah, sleeping with kinda, someone who wasn't yep. his wife. Mm-hmm. He blackmails him with that. And obviously the editor runs a positive story or just mm-hmm. doesn't run the bad one or right. something like that. So uh, anyway, John hasn't been using his powers. He's oh, been, and he, oh. Does, he does imply that uh, if he doesn't do it, it's not just going to be that we show this to um, your wife. It, it We're going to show it to like, her wife's friends and your friends right. and everybody, right? Yeah. And also, I think it was like a physical threat or something like that, that he oh. was going to... Oh, that's right. Is that yeah. Sonny will like snap your head right, off or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And that's like... Sonny does not look like just like I, I think that's what makes him legitimately terrifying mm-hmm. to me is that he doesn't look scary. Mm-hmm. He's not built. He's he looks kind of like uh, Kramer from. Uh, <laughs> he does a little bit. He does <laughs> with much shorter hair. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 
God, I hate that guy. Sorry. <laughs> Played by uh, Geza Kovacs um, mm-hmm. with a couple of accents, and he might be Italian or something. Like, mm-hmm. there's an accent over the E and the A. Um, but uh, so anyway, John Smith hasn't been using his powers with Chris, his new uh, tutor or tutoree, tutee. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he gets a vision. I don't remember who he touches. Does he touch Chris? I think Does he, like touch so. his face or something. Yeah, yeah. So he's um. So Johnny uh, goes to answer the door, and mm. it's his lover's previous. It's Sarah. It's the new husband, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Sarah's then, new husband, right? Right. Sarah's new husband, and um, you know he sees that he's she's with her, and he closes the door, and after because they didn't even know he moved, right, yeah, Or they did, right. but they didn't know where. And yeah. it's like, God damn it! Now I gotta move again. Yeah. Well, it's it's not just that. Like he closes the door, and he like he's you know he sees Sarah with. The life he oh, could have had, right. and, and he, he starts crying, destroys him. Yeah. He collapses back basically at the door, and mm-hmm. poor Chris has no idea what's right. going on, and he never really explains it. But yeah, he touches mm-hmm. Chris's like face in that moment, and that's when he sees you're going to drown. You're mm-hmm. going to drown while playing hockey. Right, the and ice so, is going to break, and you're going to fall in. So he goes home. Oh God, I love that. I've been mm-hmm. I've been posting that on Instagram the last couple of days because it's my absolute favorite moment in this movie. John Smith goes home and tell goes to Roger with Chris and says, uh, well, they get there and he's like, hey, mm-hmm. thanks for so much. Right. I wanted to celebrate. We're going to go play ice hockey with mm-hmm. you and a bunch of your friends. And John Smith says, no, no, you can't do that. And he's like, why? Mm-hmm. The ice is going to break and they're all going to drown. And this guy, Roger uh, Stewart, who has mm-hmm. been paying right. John, knowing that he has psychic powers right. and used them like last month to mm-hmm. stop a murderer. Well, it seems like it's longer than a month. It seems like it's. Well, he doesn't uh, believe some, him. Some time passed. He yeah. doesn't believe him. And he's yeah. like, this is ridiculous. Don't you know who I am? Of course. I did tons of research before. <laughs> he even yeah. says that. He's yeah. like, yeah, of course I know who you are. Yeah. And I'm not going to listen. Yeah. And it's like, at that point, it's like a civil discussion. They're mm-hmm. like, maybe at a three, they're having, you know, kind of yeah, a, like, an argument. The the ice usually doesn't melt until this month. Yeah, so they're, we're, they're we're being safe. pretty yeah. reasonable. Yeah. And then John takes his cane, yeah. breaks a candy dish because mm-hmm. rich people just have candy dishes and screams goes mm-hmm. from like a three to a ten mm-hmm. the ice is gonna break <laughs> <laughs> and roger's like you get out of my house yeah. and like totally yeah. totally yeah. inappropriate right he's like fine fine you don't want me as, as your house you don't want me as a tutor that's no, fine i don't just want don't... you here because you're violent i don't know what you're gonna do you just broke something yeah. Well, I mean, but but the dad agrees. He's like, right. "All right, fine. You're mm-hmm. clearly convicted yeah. enough to like, not uh, get, get out of my child's life." But fine, we won't go to the. But fine, yeah. yeah. So he leaves, and he's like, "All right, that's good clearly enough." Clearly, you're adamant them. about this. Yeah. But then his dad's like, "Hey, just kidding. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go." Yeah. And the kid is like, I, "Why did you say what we were? And that we weren't going to go." But the dad learns his lesson. Mm-hmm. We see later that a couple other kids. He is just in. He's just an absolute agonizing guilt mm-hmm. that he's just sitting in like his den because yeah two kids drowned right. and it was absolutely his fault mm-hmm. and he had the power to not take those kids out there no and he didn't he didn't use that responsibly no he didn't, he didn't, i don't know is yeah, that the wrong way to interpret that who had the power well i mean i guess it's johnny but he exercised it as best as he could mm-hmm. uh and the dad, I don't know why he didn't believe Johnny here. I don't either. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I was getting at earlier. Is it's not like so much a power he, thing, but he. 
I don't know why he thought this was good for it's like an arrogance thing. Yeah. Like, like, well, I'm, I know better. Yeah. I know yeah. better. And yeah. like, I don't know. I pay you. So how mm-hmm. dare you tell me what to do? Yeah. Like kind of thing. Maybe that's, you know, that's the power kind of thing, mm-hmm. a power imbalance. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the rest of the movie, we just see him like just in a chair, not moving. That's much. the last time yeah. we see him. Cause yeah. uh, the movie shifts to yeah, we don't see him the proper. I mean, so this is all within the last, tick of the triptych um mm-hmm. but this is where it really kicks into high gear is uh stilson is getting a lot of support mm-hmm. uh so much so that when johnny is out at one of his rallies and the stilson governor stilson is uh, shaking hands with people he shakes hands with well he's specifically so he's got a rally almost in front of his house mm-hmm. and he sees like this big poster of signs and he knows there's going to be a rally coming up and we see this long shot of him limping all the way to, uh, well, maybe not limping, but he's, he's got a limp after he was shot. Yeah. And um, he's walking all the way down to the rally knowing uh, Stilson's going to shake his hand and he wants to know what this guy's all about. Yeah. Because everyone seems to be believing this guy. And So he hasn't made a decision to do anything. He mm-hmm. just kind of wants to get info on this guy. So right. he plants himself in the handshaking train. Yeah, he puts, he puts himself in the line. Mm-hmm. He shakes his hand and he sees, I love how his visions are kind of like just in this void. Like mm-hmm. it's all black in the background because that's not what matters. It's the, the, the event that he's seeing. Mm-hmm. And so like we've seen, John Smith's powers are all tied to mortality. But in this instance, it's the world's mortality. Mm-hmm. Governor Stilson, if voted governor, will have a meteoric rise straight to the presidency, and per John's vision, will start all-out nuclear war, World mm-hmm. War Three, in a fit of religious fervor. Yeah, he thinks like he's somehow destined to to do this, to be remembered in history as the guy who, I don't know. And he's straight up going to murder a five-star general if he doesn't do it. Sonny's mm-hmm. there yeah. in like the little gazebo. Where are they? It looks like they're on like the beach or something. I can't tell I, I don't know. It looks like it's one of those presidential compounds like Camp oh, David like or Camp something David. like that. Oh, like Camp David. That's probably what it is. Yeah, because yeah, like the entire cabinet is mm-hmm. like on their way. They're like walking there and they yeah. managed to do all this before. Right. And then he, oh man, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Stilson Martin Sheen comes out and delivers one of the best lines. Mm-hmm. The missiles are flying. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's a long vision. Uh, mm-hmm. I started to get like a little too immersed in the vision mm-hmm. when he comes back out and it's uh, just the handshake and things. Yep. But that's what gives John his conviction. A little bit before that, though, um, he goes go to the doctor. And oh, right, 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 yeah. right. Well, no, no, no. It was after he read his vision because then he goes to the doctor and says, what would you do? Yeah. What would you do if you had this kind of power to... Right. to- so it's just two things. First, he says, I saw a vision oh, with the kid. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ex- and, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, uh, and the kid was supposed to die, but I, I stopped it. He's like, uh, and the doctor's John, like, John, yeah. don't you realize what this means? <laughs> Not only do you have the power to read the future. Mm-hmm. And then John says, you have the I have the power to change it. <laughs> you have a, how do they come up to it's the such term a weird- dead zone? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, okay, so that's a difference like in the book zone, than in the movie. Okay. So in the movie, it's in the the dead zone is like a, a blind spot in his vision. Oh, yes, visions. that's right. He didn't see it all clearly. Mm-hmm. Is that for some reason in his visions, there are certain things that he just can't see, like a mm-hmm. blind spot, like in a car or things right. like that, or when you cover one eye or whatever. Like a dead zone. 
Is that what a dead zone is? Because yeah, uh, like the, a blind spot. Yeah, could, uh, crap! What is in the synonym? Yeah, yeah, in the book, it's a different metaphor. In the book, it's uh, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so that's the dead mm-hmm. zone, and he explains it in there. Roll credits. Um, yeah. But uh, then and he asks the during doctor, those dead zones, you could change the future. Like yeah. what happens there is it's kind of they're up not to set you. in stone. Yeah. That some events are set in stone, and mm-hmm. the dead zones are where you can right. avert things. Um, which historically in Stephen King books, um, especially that deal with time travel, mm-hmm. changing things is never met well. Mm. Uh, it's usually like in eleven twenty two sixty three, the story of where a character goes back in time to uh, make sure that Kennedy is assassinated mm. or, or stop Kennedy from being assassinated. I can't remember. I didn't finish it. It's not that good a show on Hulu. J.J. Mm. Um, Abrams, that was his first attempt at adapting a Stephen King thing. The second one, Castle Rock, in my opinion, is much better. Mm-hmm. Is that also J.J. Abrams? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 produced. Uh, the, the uh, oh, shoot, what's that actor's name? Not Franco. James Franco's, oh. uh, yeah, James Franco uh, thing about 19, or, yeah, 1963, assassination of John F. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. But in that story, time itself is a force that when it senses things trying to change from where they should be, it pushes mm-hmm. back, sometimes mm-hmm. extremely violently. Mm-hmm. And so it's fun to see in this movie that it's like, no, 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 you can just change whatever you want and nothing really bad's going to happen except you're going to die sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with this, oh, so what, what finally gets him to make yeah. his decision is he explains to the doctor right. that, so now this isn't really saving a life mm-hmm. as much as it is stopping a guy from living right. he specifically asked him if Hitler. you were to, yeah if you were to go back in time to just a, a, a huge thought experiment people yeah, yeah, always yeah. talk about right and if you could go back in time and you know you met hitler and would you kill him and the doctor is like i am a doctor yeah and i have sworn an oath to make sure that i'm always helping people yeah, and that's we, why i say mm-hmm. that if i were to go back there of course i'd kill the son of a bitch yeah which which is crazy because um when when he first said I'm a doctor, I thought like, oh, he's do no harm. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like you know, yeah. like no, no, right. you can't do that. Yeah, it's like, but that's something. Uh, that's something I've been learning more and more. I think it started with a Steven Universe episode that I watched most recently. Mm-hmm. But that like, think about Batman mm-hmm. and his idea that what separates us from the Joker and from Mad Men is that I don't kill. Mm-hmm. I do everything I do, but I don't right. kill. And even if the Joker kills billions of people mm-hmm. and i know it i'm never going to kill him because right. that's that's the rule and there there's and a problem do, in if that if he does kill him the joker wins then 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 he basically yeah. becomes the joker yeah. essentially that that like what then i've done I'm it no better than i'm yeah. no better than yeah. them that doesn't work mm-hmm. in the real world yeah. and as nice as that sounds right. And as nice and as you know, as as righteous as you can think, going well, all death is precious, all life is precious, mm-hmm. and we really shouldn't celebrate when Hitler dies sure. or when uh, Osama bin Laden's assassinated. Mm-hmm. It, it's not right to cheer when a person's dead. I used to believe that, and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I'm realizing, uh, you know, both through real world experience and through TV and movies. Frankly, I'm not afraid mm-hmm. to admit that I take some of my life lessons from media. That's what gives us the fabric and rubric for which we can tell what's normal in society. Mm-hmm. That sometimes there are people who are beyond saving, mm-hmm. are beyond yeah. help. Superman learns this in Man of Steel. Zod mm-hmm. will never stop. And there are just some people that... They're such a menace to society that you, you want to preserve everybody else. Or you want to believe that yeah. everyone 
is good and mm-hmm. even the worst people are probably just misguided or or products of their upbringing or their their societies yeah and like you could if, in you, a vacuum, if you were to go back in time like maybe you try to befriend hitler first and then if that doesn't work then take him out so but like where's the line where do yeah. you like do you stop when he's like if he goes crazy a little bit what is crazy yeah. like like yeah so slope. it's that responsibility yeah. maybe he just needed a friend it's that responsibility and and it's hard to sit here and mm-hmm. admit I have a response I have a power to take someone's life mm-hmm. to play god right because you know officially no one has the right to determine who lives and who dies mm-hmm. but men have long ago decided that no 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 we do have that right mm-hmm. and these things equal death and by our own hands right. and some of those are protected by the constitution some of those are protected by mob mentality but mm-hmm. at the end of the day like it, it's 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 a horrifically gray line mm-hmm. it's not black and white like batman wants to believe or like steven universe wants to believe in the first four seasons of his show there's just some mm-hmm. people who can't be reasoned with and yeah. can't be you, they just can't like Batman and the Joker. You, mm-hmm. there is no argument that says the Joker will eventually be better right. and will eventually be a way. functional member of society. Yeah. He kills and kills, and Batman. All those deaths are on Batman's hands mm-hmm. by letting the Joker live, and his own family members tell him that. So, mm-hmm. so this is a big moment for John. Is is to wait? Batman well, has family members. Who? Oh. oh yeah, well, Bat Family, like oh. you know, Robin and oh, okay, gotcha, uh, Alfred gotcha. and Batgirl and Batwoman sure. and uh, uh, yeah, all of them, Nightwing, mm-hmm. um, his associates, and basically, friends. yeah, his yeah. team members, yeah, yeah. His, the Bat Family. It's mm-hmm. honestly gotten way too big at this point, but <laughs> what are you gonna do? Um, John realizes in this moment what he has to do—that he has the rep- responsibility, he has the power to stop a mass genocide yeah, from happening. Will- create a nuclear holocaust and and so if he did nothing mm-hmm. and that happened he couldn't live with himself it's he kind of in your hands it's 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 just as bad be- it's doing doing nothing knowing is, that yeah. evil would happen mm-hmm. knowing evil that grand would happen and to do nothing would yeah. basically make it his doing right. he would be complicit there's that's a, literally complicit it's a really uh, powerful phrase is the st- the the road to the Holocaust was paved with indifference. Yeah. yeah. It's the same idea mm-hmm. that, yeah, doing nothing is all it takes to let mm-hmm. evil thrive, evil men. So John decides he's not going to let evil men thrive. He's not going to let history repeat itself, mm-hmm. and he's not going to let the world end. He takes it upon himself to assassinate. And it's a really cool. It's so great. we see him like he's like loading the rifle, mm-hmm. and uh, he's getting on the bus. And then in the meantime, we see a, or hear a voiceover of him writing a letter to Sarah. It's like, you're probably not going to understand why I did what I did. How could anyone? Yeah. And Matt, it's it's like it's like going back in time and killing baby Hitler mm-hmm. and having to explain to everyone. You you have to understand. <laughs> I murdered evil. this baby. You you don't know what would have happened. No yeah. one would ever believe right. you. And if anything, he kind of has to die because mm-hmm. if he didn't, what? Well, You'd well, be in prison or something. Oh God, yeah. or worse, yeah. like dissected. People would have wanted mm-hmm. like what? Um, like the government probably but uh, maybe maybe they somehow let him because people knew he was a psychic so maybe he can persuade people that this guy was really evil i don't know i think it was just it was like in a small town so mm-hmm. it was kind of like you yeah, it's know, weird like, that his publicity oh, didn't yeah but it's like oh he's a psychic and like mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting but maybe the rest of the nation was like oh what a weird thing yeah, that's maybe like maybe they were hysteria. skeptical of it you know yeah. like oh this just happened in this weird town it's oh, probably these podunk people yeah. believe anything in this yeah. tiny east coast yeah whatever 
Um, so anyway, I, I want to just get to it, which is John Smith sleeps in the room that uh, they're all going to be. He, Governor Stilson is set to give a big rally tomorrow mm-hmm. in this uh, community center. Uh John breaks into it and sleeps there overnight with his gun so that the next morning... In the upper balcony. Mm-hmm, so in the no upper rafters balcony, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that nobody sees him when the uh, rally starts, and uh, he gets up with his rifle. And so here's the stage. I want to set this right. On the stage is in the middle of podium with Governor Stilson. To the left of him, stage uh, audience right, stage left, is Sonny. Audience left, stage right, is Sarah with mm-hmm. her, her baby, baby. And, and that's uh, everyone who's her, important. And her uh, her husband. And her husband to, uh, is also next yeah. to uh, next to her. They're really good supporters of. Uh, yeah. So everyone's supporting him. He's yelling all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. It doesn't matter because what happens is, here we go. Uh, John pulls the rifle up. Someone. Uh, he also he drops Sarah one sees, shelf. right? Well, he, Who, someone screams first, and that's what makes Greg yeah. look to Sarah. As Sarah sees him up there, that's right. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he expected her to be there. So when he pulls the gun up and she screams, Johnny! Right. Governor Stilson turns away. John gets a shot off and misses. Mm-hmm. It blows a part of the podium off, right. which causes Governor Stilson to immediately run over to Sarah, grab her baby and hold it up in front of him as a human shield mm-hmm. while screaming for Sonny to take out the shooter, mm-hmm. which he does. Yeah, with a pistol. With a he, pistol. He Sonny is a good like, shot. Incredible. He takes him out and, uh, he, oh my god, this looks so painful. Mm-hmm. Um, when John gets shot, he falls from like a two-story height onto like pews, like like mm-hmm. like uh, church pews, and yep. just like smashes them to bits. Oh mm-hmm. man, it looks like such a gnarly fall. But uh, by this time, Sarah's husband has ripped the baby away from mm. Governor Stilson. Everyone evacuated. Everyone is going crazy. Yeah. Gunshots have been happening, so people mm. are evacuating evacuating out of there, and eventually Sonny and Stilson make it over to uh, John. Yep. John uh, is dying, gurgling blood there, mm. but Governor Stilson grabs him, I think like his hand enough, you know, mm. to say like, who are you? What, yeah. what the heck is this? Because right. he doesn't recognize him yep. or anything. But that's where we see his new changed vision mm-hmm. of a shot of Governor Stilson sitting next to a magazine of time or something like mm-hmm. that with a big photo of him using a goddamn baby as a human shield. Mm-hmm. No future for Stilson. Totally destroyed his chances. Yep. And of course, since John's powers are all relegated to mortality, mm-hmm. it's a vision of Stilson killing himself. Yep, he's shooting, shot himself in the head. So, in a way... And then, uh, <laughs> uh, John, uh, Johnny's like, you're finished. <laughs> <laughs> you're finished. Yeah, and then he smiles and he's yeah, going and, yeah, and then uh, Stilson yells at Sonny, like, did you see the photographer? Yeah. And nope, he already got out of there, so no, he's mm-hmm. done. He's done. But Sarah gets one last moment to run over to mm-hmm. him, and this just, like, you know, a his final moments he's dying mm-hmm. he gets to say goodbye and she gets to say i love you mm-hmm. before he dies and then boop, credits nope. just like oh my god all these movies they all nope. end this way where it's nope. just like all right that was everything no mm-hmm. falling action let's just get it let's get yeah. out of there yeah i, I kind of like that in this one because there's nothing really else to show our main character is yeah, dead yeah. anything else to happen without right. and we Johnny. know what's gonna happen at least in the yeah, world yeah, yeah. so, so yeah, yeah yeah we'll get into that uh after this but um uh, without uh with so, so that's the recap. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll be talking about our analysis, what we thought about the movie, and finally our rating uh, on the Gory Days. The Gory Days. 
Sure. Uh, you're at the Dapper Cadaver booth at Midsummer Scream. Uh, I'm BJ Winslow. I'm one of the owners of Dapper Cadaver. We're a prop shop in Burbank, California. Oh, Burbank. Okay. That's right. Uh, we make bodies. We make body parts. Uh, we make animals, creatures, zombies, uh, skeletons, mummies, skulls, uh, and we do both uh, sales and rentals, okay. uh, as well as the fabrication. Right, right. So for any kind of haunt or horror movie need... Uh, we're go-to guys. So who who are some of your uh, buyers? I mean, we know it's not Scary Farm and Scream Fest and all of those things. Right. I imagine smaller haunted houses need to get their props oh, yeah. from somewhere. Oh yeah, we do. Uh, we do neighborhood uh, haunted houses. Uh, as well as big things uh, like last year we were working on the Google Halloween party. Wow, really? Um, oh yeah, we've done uh, celebrity uh, Halloween parties. Um, we've done, we do massive movies. Uh, we've worked on the Transformers franchise, the Jurassic Park franchise. We've worked on most of the X-Men movies since the fourth one. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, so... That's an impressive filmography you just rattled off. So uh, <laughs> when you say you worked on them, to what extent? So, I mean, I see a lot of prosthetic, or I don't know what the correct term uh, no, no, is, but... Uh, almost, no, not prosthetics, uh, props. Props. Uh, so we do things like fake bodies, fake body parts, stunt dummies. Um, like, for instance, with the X-Men movies, uh, uh, we did on Days, Days of Future Past. Mm -hmm. There's that post-apocalyptic sequence where there's bodies in a dump truck. There's bodies and there's skeletons all over the ground. So things that uh, an extra wouldn't be allowed to do. R sure, sometimes. Uh, and yeah, we did most of the pieces in those scenes. Uh, in, for instance, um, what was the next one? Uh, Age of Apocalypse. There's an Egyptian. There's some Egyptian sequences. We provided some mummies for the Egyptian oh. sequences. Uh, for Deadpool, the first Deadpool movie, uh, we rented them some chickens. Okay. It's Deadpool. Uh, I didn't see any chickens in the movie. No, I think that scene must have gotten cut. I don't know what Deadpool did with my chickens. <laughs> uh, it's Deadpool, so it couldn't have been very nice. Maybe it was the deleted scene. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Some things remain mysterious. Um, so, our, I imagine with all those big names and things, you must be a go-to name in uh, the film industry. Uh, what yes. are you doing here? Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, we do all level of stuff. This is uh, one of the things I love about Midsummer Scream is this is a great place to come and uh, it's a great place to meet people who are running uh, the, the mid-level haunts, the local haunts. There's some big names here as well and it's a great place to network. So is this a passion people. for you? Do you love horror? What, what brings you to this world? Uh, I mean, I've loved this stuff since I was a kid. Yeah? You know, I've been... Did your parents uh, make you watch a movie too young or <laughs> did you just love it? Uh, I mean, like, I grew up on ghost stories. Okay. I grew up on ghost stories, I grew up next to a cemetery. Um, this in Burbank? In, no, in uh, Northern California. Oh, okay. So, I mean, this kind of thing has always been a part of my life. Uh, and, you know, as soon as I was able to, I started making things, painting things. And a lot of those things that I made uh, were creepy. So right. it's good to be able to uh, put that love into action. So you mentioned you own this in part? Uh... With my wife. Okay. Oh, okay. Congratulations. Yes. yes. That, that's, uh, I don't know, sometimes that doesn't work out. So We're, we're co-owners of the business. Uh, she's amazing. Um, and we do, I mean, it really is, it really is a Is this all just the two of you? No, I've got a crew of about 10 people. Okay. Yes. Based in Burbank. Based in Burbank. Okay. Yep. So where can people find you if they want to? Uh, you can find us at www.dappercadaver.com. Okay. Uh, you can find us in Burbank. Uh, near the Burbank Airport uh, on San Fernando Road. And uh, you can find me at Midsummer Scream 
Uh, you can also find me at Transworld. I, I'm always there uh, at that convention and uh, Monster Palooza as well. Awesome. Well, yes. what, 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 and what was your name? My name is BJ. Good to meet you, BJ. Nice to meet you. Battle Glory Days. Welcome back to the Gory Days. That, of course, was an interview from uh, Midsummer Scream of me with a gentleman uh, who works at a company called The Dapper Cadaver. Uh, they specialize in, I was educated, I think, on the interview there, the difference between a prosthetic and uh, whatever they make. Um, but it's, it's, mm. it's different. A prosthetic is, you know, kind of like an extension of something that okay. ideally is prehensile and things. Mm-hmm. They specialize in just like body parts. Like if you just want a leg in the background, it's a rubbery leg. So you- this is completely d- detached from a person this leg or can it be yeah okay but they also have like full body like oh here's a a a body that looks like it's been rotted to a certain degree Mm -hmm. and you want a big pile of those in the background or you want a bunch of hands and like a psychopath's uh, layer like they're the guys that can make photorealistic stuff like that yeah the dapper cadaver and they create this for movies for films yeah they do it for uh independent movies uh they uh i think he in the interview he rattles off like some big names that i was like oh Mm -hmm. wow um because like i mentioned with the last when this place is geared toward people who can afford kind of like the bigger, higher quality amusement park level uh, effects and things. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, independent filmmakers need to make horror movies somehow, Um, even on YouTube. Anyway, we're back here on The Gory Days talking about The Dead Zone, Stephen King's uh, The Dead Zone, uh, directed by David Cronenberg. We're going to talk about our analysis, uh, some of the themes, go through some of the trivia that uh, we picked up on this movie, starting, of course, with the fact that this takes place in Castle Rock. Mm -hmm. Uh, As I mentioned before, The Dead Zone's the first Stephen King book to take place in Castle Rock. Several other... it's Castle Rock in what state? Maine. Maine. Okay. It's always like, Maine. It's always Maine. It's gotcha. always right. Maine, yeah. I, I should have just guessed that. It's so. okay, but yeah, anytime it's Stephen King, it's always Maine, because yeah. that's where he lived. Mm-hmm. Um, following Stephen King's uh, The Dead Zone was Cujo, Stand By Me, The Dark Half, and Needful Things, all of which are referenced in the new Castle Rock TV show. The film and Stephen King's novel are both loosely based on the life of famous psychic Peter Herkos. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily John Edwards or any of those, but this is kind of like, you know, the first guy who did this. Herkos claimed to have acquired his alleged psychic powers after falling off a ladder and hitting Hmm. his head. So Pretty close to a roller coaster. Yeah, kind of, or a car crash or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this kind of like sparked the idea of... Oh, in severe physical trauma that you survive re- releases latent psychic mm-hmm. abilities or powers yeah, you tap into it somehow. But this guy took it to just an insane degree. Peter Herkos was a Dutchman who allegedly who allegedly manifested extrasensory perception or ESP mm-hmm. after recovering from a head injury and coma caused by a fall from a oh. ladder when he was thirty. With the help of businessman Harry Belk and parapsychologist, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Andrija Purich, Herkos became a popular entertainer known for performing psychic feats before live audiences, especially mm-hmm. TV. So this is where it starts to fall apart, and I feel like this this is just three people trying to make money mm-hmm. off of a poor person's accident. The parapsychologist Andrea Purich was impressed by the stories about Herkos and invited him to the USA in 1956 to investigate his alleged psychic abilities. Herkos was studied at Purich's Glen Cove, Maine, a medical research laboratory 
under what Dr. Purrich considered to be controlled conditions. Mm -hmm. The results convinced Purrich that Herkos had genuine psychic abilities. However, any time somebody tried to look at her studies or anything that happened in there, she would say, no, they were only for her and only for her <laughs> medical team. So mm -hmm. who's to say that this guy was on the up and up? Herkos and his supporters maintained that he was a great psychic detective. By 1969, he cited the successful solution of 27 murder cases in 17 countries. Hmm. So that answers the question I was wondering earlier. Is this based on like real world cases of the police turning to psychics? Yeah, which is really weird. That happens. Absolutely. Yeah. And it kind of sounds like that shouldn't be the way yeah. we were talking about it because it makes them liable. Mm -hmm. In fact, Herkos made notable claims contrary to popular belief, such as the claim that Adolf Hitler was alive and living in Argentina mm. and that an innocent suspect was the Boston Strangler. Herkos was put on trial on the charge of impersonating a federal agent, found guilty, and fined a thousand bucks. Herkos posed as a police officer in order to gather information that he would later claim to the police to be psychic revelations. Mm -hmm. So he was gaming the system on both sides. Mm -hmm. He was posing as a federal agent to get evidence and then going to the police saying, I'm a psychic and uh, I know things that there's no way a civilian could know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what was the, the doctor's angle? Was the doctor profiting off this the guy? doctor is what legitimized it uh, a guy in the middle of nowhere saying i have psychic powers is great and maybe you'll convince you know dummies mm -hmm. but to get police and you know quote unquote intelligent people right. to believe you you need a hokey you know mm -hmm. any kind of like professor or doctor or I scientist just, i just don't understand the motive for a doctor to do that oh just, i'm sure she was getting oh uh, she's getting it on tape yeah i'm yeah, sure she was getting yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah um, so I feel like that kind of, uh, is a nice little segue into the themes of this movie of, mm -hmm. of psychic abilities and just the unknown coming into being into reality, whether it's you yourself or someone in your town and how apparently that doesn't really change much about your day-to-day -day life, mm -hmm. at least in this movie. Like it has to be like this kind of thing. And this real life story is what m makes the fact that people don't come from miles around you know, begging for religious uh, mm -hmm. kinds of help uh, from a psychic is that he's probably lying. Well, I guess like people think, oh, he's probably just another one of those psychics. Another and, liar, yeah. like this guy. Right. And since him, there have been, you know, mm -hmm. countless people who claim to be psychics. There are people who base their like careers and feed their family of fours on being a psychic mm -hmm. here in LA sure. or yeah, like a terror reader. Them, yeah. yeah. I've never gone to a single one of those. No. I don't know what they tell people. I don't know. But I've heard on podcasts that like people will go to them in lieu of therapists because hmm. they'll go there Someone to essentially to to. hear what they want to be told, but yeah. then also also to unload things on mm -hmm. so in that way it's like you know it's much cheaper than therapy is it yeah old yeah, yeah, thera guess, yeah. medical yeah sure, so anything sure. medical insurance is going to be way right. more expensive but a, a psychic i imagine will take whatever you want they're mm -hmm. practically lying to you yeah. um i think it was dan Harmon who was saying that he goes to a psychic would you ever like god people who know it's not real mm -hmm. they know it are like in such a place of desperation what makes a person believe in psychic powers yeah uh, i'm not i guess it's, well yeah, let's it's, imagine because that's sure. what the theme is here right. what, what could you imagine would make someone believe in this i guess like i, I want some comfort to know it would have to come yeah. from like a deep like something that you never got closure of or mm -hmm. something like that because because psychics are all in my experience they're always tied to you know the the other side mm -hmm. like oh they're not just a psychic they they can do like seances because mm -hmm. psychic in my lexicon is somebody who can you know 
read minds or read thoughts or read feelings. It doesn't equate to speaking with the dead, mm-hmm. just the word. What is the right. word that, what am I looking, thinking of that, that means like, oh, I can speak to the dead? Uh, what is that? I don't know. Like, it's like ES, no, it's not ESP. Because, yeah, and extrasensory perception. It's like beyond the five senses. We got mm-hmm. taste, sight, sound, uh, touch. Uh, Vision? Oh, I already said sight. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. Smell? Uh, taste, touch, sight, sound, he, uh, feel, and smell. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and so anything beyond that, you know, like, you know, in, in kind of a similar way that, like, animals can sense when a storm is coming or, mm-hmm. like, tension in other animals without, you know, just, like, through subtle ear twitches or things like yeah, that. Yeah, like, birds, um, their brains can, like, sense the magnetic... Uh, patterns in the, in the earth's core and they they know how to navigate based on that wow really yeah. oh that, uh, for like migrating and things like that mm-hmm. that's crazy yeah. um so yeah the idea of us of person like of a person being able to tap into this like idea like that it's oh it's just there and we're all just like one head injury away from being <laughs> able to be a psychic or something um yeah so i think this movie does a good job of kind of painting it in a realistic light once again i haven't read the book and this Mm -hmm. isn't a book podcast we're talking about the movie and the movie seems pretty realistic people are Mm -hmm. really interested in the first like when it first happens and then you know governor stilson's running it's this news cycle that it's like the most interesting thing yeah and he's been a hermit so no one's interested in him yeah it's not like he's going around like like this guy Mm -hmm. trying to you know spread his he's not he doesn't have a publicist avoiding it at all costs in fact there's a People are sending him mail, and he's, oh, that's right. Yeah, there's um, he opens the door, and his doctor's like, uh, "What is that?" And he's like, "Oh, it's letters about people who want answers for their." Like, and he says, "I can't even open them." Yeah, but because, I know what they are. Yeah, yeah. that's a weird one. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Is that it has nothing to do with touch? Right. He just knows what's in the letters. Well, no, no, he knows because that's what people would ask for. Oh, oh, that's what like, he means. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. mean literally. No, oh. no, no, he doesn't actually read it. He's just like oh. this is what people would want to know, and uh, he doesn't want to do. I guess expose himself to all that. At that point, he's being reluctant. The reluctant hero. Yeah. And that's uh, another good theme is the idea of the reluctant hero it plays into the with great power comes great responsibility is mm-hmm. this guy is a school teacher. Right. He didn't really like have he wasn't an activist. He wasn't mm-hmm. a cop. He wasn't doing any more than he knew what to do, which yeah. is educate the next generation and just be a good teacher. Right. He, um, he had his life like a simple life ripped sense. from him. Yeah. yeah. And like in a way that it's like, okay, well, you were gone for five years and mm-hmm. now your life is yours again. Try right. to keep up. It's okay. You were gone for five years, and now your life belongs to everyone, kind mm-hmm. of. And it's it's that he's a superhero. Yeah. Like you you can you can paint this as a drama or whatever, but this is you know like a superhero mm-hmm. movie kind yep. of in in the you know broadest sense that it's a guy who he has an That's origin story. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he, he he saves the day, and then you know he sacrifices himself mm-hmm. like a good hero's journey. Um, and he even grows a little bit, and you know grows beyond himself and realizes right. his responsibility to the rest of the world. Um, even if, you know, maybe he 
could have stuck around and yeah, maybe, helped other people. Like maybe he, maybe he could have killed him later. Or like, yeah, or just maybe there's other ways other than killing maybe him. Maybe he could have just you know like voted against <laughs> him right. or lobbied. I'm a psychic him. and I know this guy will ruin the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's the most extreme and most dramatic right. uh, solution to the yeah. problem. But yeah, he doesn't really think it through. Mm. He doesn't. He doesn't have the kind of future sight yeah. that or, gives. Or him. maybe he thinks like this. This will for sure do it. Maybe. This yeah, is my yeah, yeah. chance. He's here in town giving the speech. I'm going to take him out now. And Yeah, this is my yeah. one shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as we were going through the movie, I realized in ways that I didn't even write down that there are tons of people in this movie who have power mm-hmm. and either do or don't use the responsibility to act on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually it's John learning, you know, like the ro- the hard way or the easy way that he has a responsibility mm-hmm. here and he has to do everything in his power. It's not enough to beg people or break their candy dishes or something. He has mm-hmm. to put it into his own hands. Right. Uh, he, he can't go tell the cops, I saw this and you yeah, gotta stop that guy. I guess that's a good point of um, you know, why he might have taken the the rifle and tried to kill him in his, with his own hands because when he did speak um nothing really came of it yeah, people think, didn't believe him think of all the other times he told the doctor his mom's alive he mm-hmm. didn't do anything he told well he did he did he but found he made his out. choice that, right that was his choice yeah, though yeah. but like the um like frank dodd he mm-hmm. didn't uh he didn't act on it when he was first act uh when he was first asked so another yeah. woman died right. and then he got involved and his mom died probably needlessly mm-hmm. because of his uh lack of action he was basically just there and he didn't I get mean, to could act he, on it could he done i mean I guess, I guess he could have spent more time with her but he what, what could he have done i don't know um just i don't know he couldn't have waited until like frank dodd was like so deep in it that he was like i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know he had a responsibility to act when uh the the sheriff first asks him to yeah, and yeah, he yeah. doesn't and he still doesn't affect anything himself and in fact he's punished for it he gets mm-hmm. shot um, for 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 not for not using his power uh, well, when it was most responsible, he, he gets shot when he does use his power. That's kind of like a you know, there's cost to it. So you think it's like so? Oh, so wait, wait, expand on that. What do you mean? So he does he does do the the right thing. He does find the killer and he does go with the the sheriff to to get the the deputy who killed the who was the Castle Rock killer for these five years. And when he does so, he gets shot. He gets punished for using his powers. So more so than... So the punishments that we see are like a physical toll. Every time mm-hmm. he uses his powers, it gives him a severe headache and seems to make him physically weaker. Right. This one is an outward result, consequence of him using his power. Yeah. And so... I think you're right, and I think mm-hmm. that's what turns him in. I think that's what makes him move away and turn to a yeah. hermit and swear this off entirely. Right, right. He's like, "This is too I nearly dangerous." Died I nearly it. died. Yeah. This power is clearly dangerous mm-hmm. um, to to try to change people's future. It murdered two people essentially, mm-hmm. um, or more. And so, yeah, that's what makes him get into the third act where he moves away and he swears all of this off. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Um, so yeah, I, I was I, I didn't write this down and I didn't notice it, but there are a lot of characters throughout the movie who have a power that mm-hmm. don't use it, that have a responsibility. The the um, the rich supporter, Mister yeah. uh, Roger Stewart, he right. has the responsibility to not support him. Yep. The uh, and he could have potentially brought him down or at least done something. He's a wealthy yeah. You know. The editor mm-hmm. uh, who 
could have ruined his life. He still had the power. Yeah. Maybe he still would have gotten killed, but in the same way, John had that power. Like, mm-hmm. well, I might die, but this is the responsibility the I have. I have to live beyond yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's like, it doesn't matter if I die. That kind mm-hmm. of martyrdom mm-hmm. that isn't, isn't, you know, arrogant and like, oh, remember me for how great I am. It's mm-hmm. legitimate. Like, uh, the, I know what I have to do, right. and it doesn't matter if I yeah, die. The silent hero. Yeah. yeah, and it's um, it's a, it's a, it's, it's almost a surprising thing in this day and age. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that like when the moment when John is speaking his letter mm-hmm. and walking to the place with his gun, yeah. it's it's a like determination that is alien to me mm-hmm. that he's like, oh, wow, he, he's just going to do it. He's not going right. to think through any other scenario. He's not going to try anything. Or maybe he thought anything. this was the best solution for him. And he doesn't even think through it or mm-hmm. talk through it through with anybody. Yeah. He's just like, this is what I must do. Right. And and yeah, is that a I, result I, of of our society now? Or I, I think I think a lot about that when um you know whenever you see a a star added on the CIA agent's wall, like you know an agent. What is that? There's there's a thing for CIA agents. Oh yeah yeah like uh, there's tell. this big plaque that says they served in silence because you don't know their names, you don't know anything, you just see another star get added to the wall. And you know this person was doing their job to protect America, and you know. but it's like the the unnamed soldier kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not just unnamed, you know, because soldiers they're not secretive. You you could tell who they are, but CIA agents, you know, nobody knows if they're you know secret agents and all that. Yeah. So do you mean to say that th- of course they're not doing it for the fame because yeah, they don't? Right. It's it's like out of duty and yeah, know, yeah. Either duty to your country or to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Certainly yeah. not to God, hopefully, in the CIA, but right. who knows. Yes, it's a lot of, they served in silence is what the, the big plaque says, and it's powerful. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Where did you hear about that? Oh, I mean, you see it in the news whenever there's... Oh, uh, you know, oh I had no idea. Yeah. I really, uh, I, I don't follow any kind of mm-hmm. uh, law enforcement, be it, you know, federal or local. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a lot of faith in them, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, especially with some recent things, but... Mm-hmm. Power. A lot of the people in this movie have power. No more, I mean, besides John, none more than Governor Stilson. Governor Stilson has the power to not commit nuclear genocide. Right, and he does But why does he do it? Out of his own ego, mm-hmm. or out of, he thinks like there's a manifest destiny that he needs to do this. That is to his be destiny. That, like, in the history books as... I don't know what he wants to be. And that's what colors him as such a dangerous person who can't be reasoned with Mm -hmm. is that like even he is throwing accountability up to a ghost Mm -hmm. of saying that like it it, it is my destiny. It was like, you know, whatever you want to believe in God, you know, Ganesh, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. set this out and this is what must happen. Nothing can stop me. And and I think that's really cool because it's he, he thinks the world is predetermined. And then we see through the dead zone that the world can be changed. That's fascinating yeah. in, a, in a way that everyone would only assume that mm-hmm. unless unless you had this kind of second sight of mm-hmm. knowing that preordained things are in fact far from preordained, mm-hmm. you'd of course believe that everything... Uh, that's I what mean, you may teaches. or may not, yeah. Yeah, 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 but you'd have no proof. Right. And so that's great. He represents uh, um, an idea that like, yeah, this is my fate mm-hmm. and it can't be changed right. uh, by anybody certainly mm-hmm. yeah it would take god himself to change it and mm-hmm. uh and john represents uh the fact that nothing is set in stone right. and people always have a choice mm-hmm. and always have power and always have the responsibility yeah. to exert that power or mm-hmm. to use that power 
um, ideally for good mm-hmm. and ideally for the just like longevity of goodwill and good people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I guess it's like, like what are the things that, that keep a person from, from living outside themselves and being not, not to the degree that John takes sure. it, just being a good person. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm walking around with an empty can and I know not to just toss it on the floor or, mm-hmm. or into the, a park or something like that. I'm going to live beyond myself <laughs> and wait until a there's very a small garbage. Way, but, yeah. and, and there's even like another degree there. It's like, Oh, a garbage. Mm-mm. I have to wait until I find a recycling bin. Mm-hmm. Cause then I'm truly living beyond. It's right. like, there's, there's these, and then there's these like, levels. Oh, I saw some other trash. I should pick it up. That too. I, yeah. yeah, and then there's there's all these levels, and mm-hmm. the answer is, and none of them are wrong. Stop, yeah. None of them are wrong. Yeah. The fact that it doesn't stop, that's not a problem. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if I do this, then, well, my neighbor's going to get, you know, less. If I pick up my 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 neighbor's mail, then, then who's getting my, you know, it's just like this. Yeah. I got to get mine, and I got to mm-hmm. watch out for me and my families before before other people get comfortable or, or, or feel anything like that. Um, sorry, you were saying something a second ago. I interrupted you. Oh, uh, what was I saying? Um, I, well, I don't know what I was saying, but here's what I'm thinking of now is, um, there's, if you are so self, so selfless that, you know, you would give yourself away. Where's that balance of like, you know, I need to protect myself because no one else will. And of like, you know, not being selfish in a, in a negative way that you're putting yourself so far above other people's needs that you're hurting them sort of thing and that's the thing is like it starts it starts at home it starts like mm-hmm. with you and you can't wait until there's like a mass invitation of people that are like well we're all going to watch out for each other so you feel safe to be a good person mm-hmm. like you know that we're also conserving water so mm-hmm. you do too yeah. otherwise if we're not all right. doing it then it's like why why should i be conserving yeah. water when i know they're just running their sprinklers all day kind of thing well i'm gonna run my sprinklers and mm-hmm. now suddenly nothing's being done it's this yeah, like fairness it's thing it's called the uh, the free rider principle is that economics. It? yeah if like you know if something is free for me why would i you know, limit myself sort of thing. Yeah. You know. And that's how we end up with skyrocketing gas prices mm-hmm. and droughts uh, mm-hmm. and all kinds of things. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's called. how I, I might have mixed up the principles, but... No, that's great. The, the, I'd love was, to get yeah. an economist uh, mm-hmm. perspective on this kind of stuff because mm-hmm. it's very political and mm-hmm. you can't look at politics without money. It's in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it affects everyone and everything and every decision of everyone's life is, whether they like it or not, revolved around the mighty dollar. Mm-hmm. Um... So that's where Roger, like, I'm trying to examine, like, what keeps these people from doing the right thing? What keeps a person from not overwatering or taking, you know, hour-long showers or littering or things like that? It's, you know, personal protection. Mm -hmm. Like Roger Stewart, who has the money, I'm sure he would be fine if he didn't support this guy. But who knows what he could be? The consequences to him might not be that bad, but yeah. But the potential, Mm -hmm. despite all of the evil that this guy's going to do, could be huge. For me, right. it doesn't matter. Like, it's not going to make my community yeah. better. It's, it's going to make gonna, it worse. It's going to make it worse, yeah. but it makes it better for me. Mm-hmm. And if it's worse for them, who cares? Mm-hmm. It's just my tiny circle that I'm interested in. Right. So there's that. There's the, like, personal interest of you and your family. Mm-hmm. There's the power. There's the promise of more power. Mm-hmm. That, like, yeah, I have the responsibility. I have the power. 
and maybe even the responsibility, but if I use it now, it could mean less power in the future, mm-hmm. and it could, you know, mean, you know... You like, can get physically hurt or something. Or I could lose money, dun-dun-dun, right. is yeah. like, oh, sure, I could give money to cancer research, but yeah. how, how how does that make my stocks go up? How, right. does, that, how does that get me more islands sure. and more pools and more <laughs> richer schools for my yeah. kids? Kids gotta have islands. Yeah, so there's. I guess that's kind of the same. No, no, no. So, so is the personal power though? Is that like um, I don't want to sacrifice my potential? If I set up a charity now, will Mm -hmm. that mean I have less political uh, lobbying power in the future or something? If I support this organization, there's a possibility that you know that's that will show me as too soft on crime or things mm-hmm. like that, and I, then I won't be up for re-election. Yeah. Like all of yeah. these agendas can can affect a, a person until they're not even operating on themselves anymore. They mm-hmm. are now a representative of like a hundred interested parties. Yeah, like what's the optimal course to navigate? to try to get the best outcome for yourself. Like, what's something I can say that will be neutral enough to not get me in trouble, mm-hmm. but will also please all of the people that yeah. are filling my pockets? Because mm-hmm. if I don't... It's, it's like knowing your audience and saying the right things to the right people. Yeah. You know. when, when you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what this uh, governor was doing. He was just going out and telling these, I assume it's like rural... I assume, yeah, they're yeah. working class people, right. and he's trying Blue to, collar. yeah, was, like, uh, who was it? That was, um, was it McCain? The, uh, no, who? There was someone running who they kept bringing. It was like Bob the plumber. Or oh yeah, yeah, Joe who the plumber it? or something like that. Yeah, who was that? Ah, oh, shoot, I don't was that remember. McCain Palin or was that? Uh, I don't remember, but yeah, uh, Bob the plumber. Could or have been uh, Rick. What's the name? Uh oh, M- Mitt Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. Yeah, yeah. Was it Mitt Romney? I think it might have been Mitt okay. Romney. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Joe I, the plumber, and he wasn't even a plumber. Turns no, out, no. Yeah. But that was the whole shtick. Was right. like, oh, he represents the working man, and he even like had his own speeches mm-hmm. to give and things on yeah. the on the issue. But yeah, um, that's what he's. That's what Governor Stilson in this movie is is doing. He's kind of being both. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm the working man, and I represent you, and I'm going to make. Things. I'm going to go into Washington and fix things for you. Yeah, yeah. Because I know you. Yeah, um, which is, you know, a very grassroots thing kind mm-hmm. of thing, like a, a local governor. Yeah. It happens now. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Um, and we see, see like, he, he doesn't really care about those, his political ambitions, and his full ambitions is to be the president and the guy who starts this nuclear holocaust, because that's yeah. what he thinks his destiny which, is. Which, in a really perverse way, is a way of kind of, like, giving up your own life for what you think is the mm. greater good that's a good point because yeah. what world does president uh stilson think that starting all-out nuclear war makes him totally safe yeah that's, like that's, unless he's gonna go to a satellite or like a deep underground bunker which is probably what would happen yeah yeah i mean um, yeah, i would assume the president would live but well, but I mean? who's yeah. left to govern and who uh, else do you make money off of when yeah. when that's god so Mm -hmm. yeah that's i feel like that it's kind of a stretch but Mm -hmm. the idea that yeah he's giving up his life as he knows it for the death of others what he thinks should happen in the world it's it's so there's no money to be gained in my mind like donald trump can make all these tweets Mm -hmm. openly offending a person that historically has uh, has familially has demonstrated you know interesting restraint mm-hmm. um especially among you know his cabinet 
uh, can do that all the live long day, and it makes no sense to me because mm. it has no like if it were to actually happen. It makes no financial sense, and that's well, all he cares about. At least from what we see, and I don't think that's, that's true. Uh, that's true. Maybe, yeah, maybe there's something. Maybe there's something behind. from calling the herd and getting less people on Earth that makes the the few rich people that would 100% survive a horrific event like that have a lot more land to work with. Mm-hmm. I mean, However, irradiated. There's also, I mean, there's other things in money. There's like, uh, I know Donald Trump seems to be uh, motivated by popularity he wants to these rallies he wants people to like him that too is you're right and i don't know if that's financially motivated or if it's just comings from a person obsessed with social media numbers it's vanity maybe yeah uh, narcissism because it does he feels personally attacked by Mm -hmm. any kind of press like he, he thinks it's like on the playground people telling bad rumors about him because they're jealous of him when it's the fucking news and he's like oh these people they're they're, they're, they're fake news and they're being so biased Mm -hmm. oh my god and it's so backwards and the worst part is people believe him is that people will always believe people like this crazy and we we know this and and like like going back to that he's crazy enough so people will believe him or is he lunatic that because you and i want to believe that even hitler Mm -hmm. was a reasonable person Mm -hmm. and so you want to believe that these people who believe in trump and openly support him are reasonable people and they Mm -hmm. can't all be the joker they can't all be you know because they're not yeah they're just there's they're intelligent stupid people (laughs) Because that's the thing is, like, stupid people can be very intelligent. A stupid person can be Mm college-educated and still be incredibly stupid with regards to his own political leanings. ignorant would be a better... Ignorant, yeah. That's probably probably Mm -hmm. better. Yeah, Uh, yeah, there was some uh, groupthink mentality and, like, a herd mentality where, like, okay, all these people are supporting in my neighborhood. Maybe I should follow suit. Yeah. Uh, There's also... I guess Trump represents hope for some of these people who lost their jobs in, in some ways. They're like, all right, well, I don't like what's happening now. This guy's clearly different. Maybe it's worth something. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it. I, I would extend that to it's uh, it, it's hope to return mm-hmm. to a, some, a past, a past may or may that not have never existed. existed. Yeah. Or if it did, it was really backward and racist. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he, they're, what, they're, what they don't realize, and because of the like metaphors and flowery language that he uses of make America great again and these things, these euphemisms mm-hmm. that are hiding the fact that what they're talking about is regression, mm-hmm. is removing people's rights and yeah. undoing civil liberties that have been decades or more in the works. Even more than that, there's um, he's going to bring back coal jobs, which are oh my God. used to be really high-paying jobs, and I can understand why someone in these communities would want those jobs. But coal is it's so openly condemned, yeah, so environmentally dangerous. Um, there's so many other um, sources of energy that are better, and we should be investing for the future. But so we're going back, yeah, to quite literally undoing, mm-hmm. undoing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, this episode started with talking about YouTubers, and it's expanded to the leader of the free world, but I believe that everyone, them, everyone on those spectrums and in between and beyond has a responsibility. The moment you sit down to create something, to, to put it out there, if if you're doing it with an aim of, of, of promoting hate, mm. evil, 
and and, and stuff, especially towards children, then uh, then then you're up there with the Joker. And I don't I don't I don't want I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want you to be Osama bin Laden. But but I I can't I cannot wait until laws catch up with YouTube until the same kind of regulations that keep TV from from just. I mean, to be fair, there's out. quite a big gap oh. from. Uh, <laughs> You know, showing... I'm not saying TV is this paragon of content mm-hmm. and that nothing on TV is manipula- manipulative. I'm just saying that government mm-hmm. has a place. And uh, okay, I don't, yeah. uh, which, which is it that doesn't like? Oh, it's conservatives that don't like government getting into their their personal creativity and things. But it's also conservatives that apparently hate Silicon Valley because uh, Google and those are taking all of our data and things and using it for all kinds of nefarious things. But they're also not charging us for Google Photos and Gmail right. and all of this stuff. Like I. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of responsibility Google obviously has a lot of power. They have a lot of our personal data and things. Mm -hmm. What kind of power do they have? What what responsibility do they have to, to use it benevolently? I don't want Google selling my personal photos to, to uh, uh, Russia or things like that. But I mean, Google's motto used to be at least internally, don't do evil or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like that's really important Mm because that's, that's what keeps Skynets from happening, you know, like, yeah, there but for the grace of God go we is that we're all just one crazy person, one one evil company, one loudmouth charismatic person away from all of us having to realize like, oh God, what power do we have? I don't have psychic powers, but each of us has a power and a responsibility to use that power to, to talk to and to affect the world to be better. Yes. Yeah. And it starts by leading by example. Mm-hmm. And if and it might sound like just painful, but to to lead by example means to to put forth what you expect like the average person to be. You don't have to like be this perfect paragon all the time, anytime people are seeing you or not seeing you, even at home. But it's just like just taking a second to think how your actions might affect any other person pretend for just one moment mr president that you are not the only thing in this simulation and everything else is fake it's real and everyone matters yeah i I don't know i I feel like we got off topic there Mm -hmm. but i can't think of any other themes it's the biggest theme uh in this movie uh maybe being i don't know so yeah we, we talked about um the future being preordained or not we talked about yeah. responsibility uh i guess we could talk more about like the the like pathos between sarah and uh uh john because mm-hmm. it's like they they barely have that many scenes together yeah. but when they do they they really connect and right. they have this like unspoken like well, that really comes off well is this right. pain that that they 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 just can't get back mm-hmm. yeah Can, it seems like they do like have sex for like one day. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's right. She cheats. She cheats on her husband. I forgot right. about that. For the, for the one night. Yeah. Know, yeah. Um, and then goes back to life as normal. And then he dies at yeah. the very end. And so, yeah, before we, before we wrap up here with our rating, uh, this new thing that I like to do is what happens after this movie, mm-hmm. what happens in the world of castle rock beyond what we know that right. at some point, governor Stilson shoots himself. Yeah. I guess that's kind of cool. What about, about the people? I guess, I guess that's what's cool about this one is that we do know a little bit of what happens yeah. in the future. Um, we know that the of... world doesn't blow up from world war three at the mm-hmm. hands of uh, a madman, yeah. but what happens to the town after this, like 
assassin this so oh. so you read the paper the next day and you're drinking your coffee eating your ham and eggs and you see that um school teacher from castle rock who just recently like oh it's the same guy who solved the the mm-hmm. castle rock killer no. uh, case the school teacher who got in a coma it's an assassin was, was yeah. w- tried to assassinate yeah. governor stilson that's all you would right. read there isn't going to be the other side right. of the story and there, might, there might be a picture of governor stilson hiding behind the baby <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah that comes out probably like right. the, the the week after mm-hmm. once they get all the the story angles and everything mm-hmm. um and after you know he has a chance to blackmail some of them but not all of them um so yeah stilson dies sunny probably gets another job being a, a brute or whatever sarah mm-hmm probably lives the rest of her life with her family raising sure. her, her probably is not going to support that candidate <laughs> no no but uh yeah i wonder if yeah. you know she probably holds a flame for her for mm-hmm. him for the rest of uh, sure. his life john doesn't have any kids to leave behind chris right. probably grows up you know thinking that what a great guy to come into my life he mm-hmm. saved me he probably yeah. believes he yeah, saved yeah, sure. him um and probably goes the rest of his life his dad maybe believes him maybe, maybe yeah. lives the rest of his life happy i hope he doesn't mm-hmm. kill himself that would leave chris in a really shitty position Mm -hmm. um but yeah i guess you know things would pretty much just go on it Mm -hmm. was just kind of this like really tiny insular story it's not like gremlins where it got national coverage Mm -hmm. or um it was it was mostly just kept to castle rock and if anything we see the legacy of it in the castle rock tv show is he's just a memory he's a blip Mm -hmm. he was this weird thing that happened for a couple years this mysterious thing but hey castle rock a bunch of mysterious things happens there was that Mm -hmm. rabid dog there was that uh creepy store all these wild things um so yeah that being said, let's get to the rating on here on the Gory Days. We like to rate these movies on a scale of one to five thumbs, one being the worst and five being the best, based on a scale of whatever we want, comparing them to past movies or not. Uh, Mike, what'd you think of The Dead Zone? Yeah, so I, I like this movie uh, quite quite a bit. Um, you know, it had a good character development. A lot, a lot of characters changed. Um, it seems like the... Obviously, Johnny changed the, the most. He he accepted his role as the hero. I was and, wondering, because uh, in the past, you've gone on record saying that you really like a movie, a horror movie with a good moral, or yeah. have feeling somehow changed right. when you are the characters. Yeah. So I was curious how this spoke to mm-hmm. you, because yeah. it seems like they did. Right, right. So yeah, I, I really like that. Um, yeah, it also has a strong theme and moral. Um so I'm kind of wavering between three and a half and four. Nice. It's um, pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and the reason I, I don't quite say four is I I've, I know there's a lot of really good films still out there. And if I move the scale, you know, where it well, is. Yeah. Sure. That's up yeah. to you. Like, uh, if you want to rate this in a vacuum, that's yeah. one option. Or if you want to rate it comparatively, that's to, to all that's films to in the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, so I'd probably go to three and a half. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty good. Oh, mm-hmm. And who do you give those three and a half thumbs to? Oh, boy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> there was no dog as far as I can remember, no. so I don't think I'll be giving a Dewclaw away. No. Um, I think the doctor deserves a thumb. You know, He's pretty great. He's, he's got, he gets a nod. Uh, Sonny. Sonny definitely gets a oh, thumb. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to need him. Yeah. Um. I want to give Christopher Watkins a thumb. Oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, and uh, half a thumb to um, hmm. the kid. Uh, the kid that uh, Johnny helps. Oh, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He deserves it, too. Yeah. And I got to say, the what was the budget for this film? Oh, 
That's a good question. Yeah, we usually go into that. So, although critics agreed, giving The Dead Zone some of the most positive reviews of Cronenberg's career at that point, the movie didn't have the popular impact it deserved. It still made money, approximately $20 million on Mm. a budget of $10 million. $10 million. But the movie wasn't a hit of the same magnitude as, say, Carrie, and only made about as much money as Cujo, John Carpenter's Christine, and Mm. other smaller movies. Yeah, so $10 million isn't that much, but it's, I don't know, it's bigger than a small movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, we saw um, in, like really sophisticated pyrotechnics where, you know, Christopher Watkins was in bed and the, it was on fire too. We saw, that, the World War II sec- sequence, yeah, which I, mean, I always, it's only like a tanks minute. are so expensive Seriously. to shoot. And, and the explosions, yeah. there were big things going on there. Right. Not to mention, uh, Christopher Watkins was already kind of a well-known actor mm-hmm. at that point and very uh, recognizable yeah, face yeah Martin Sheen mm-hmm. you know, so it's uh, a pretty great cast yeah, yeah sorry I keep interrupting um yeah so uh, visually it was, it was incredible too um we did see some of this really gory deaths oh let me just you know what I'm gonna take one thumb from someone and give it to the composer oh there you go yeah yeah because I gotta say the the sounds scared me more than anything like right in the the moments where something was changing there was this eerie sound and that gave me a chill and yeah i thought that was really impactful nice yeah. so three and a half thumbs three awesome half, yeah. awesome how about you stephen king's the dead zone um so my viewing experience i the triptych is a great way to break down the movie and i feel like it was a great way to experience it but unfortunately it creates a disjointed film watching experience in my opinion it, it it's like this weird long epic there are periods of it where we don't know how much time passed Mm -hmm. and there it it legitimately feels like a it must be intentional but like a serious just like tonal shift Mm -hmm. as it gets you know further along in the movie um it it really but at no point along the way is it not johnny's story and that's what i like Mm -hmm. about it is that does a great job that said i watched this movie over like a four-day period (laughs) i watched what i okay so i watched the the first and second part uh the first and second triptych all up until uh he basically starts hanging out with chris and then i watched the parts of him hanging out with chris um and i stopped when he was having the conversation with the doctor Mm -hmm expecting there to be much much more movie that was like the last 10 minutes Mm -hmm. is him talking to the doctor deciding he's going to kill him doing the thing and then that's the end um and so i let it sit for like almost four days before watching the last 10 Mm -hmm. minutes and i feel like that affected my viewing so i'm going to try to keep that in mind um but this movie's really good uh i I was impressed I, i i like as 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 my mind was begging to see more of like the psychic and the superpowers and things like that i was surprised to find myself engaged with the like really character parts Mm -hmm. of of john dealing with this of him missing sarah of him trying to restart his life with chris and roger and those things and um in that way it's kind of like you know I don't want to equate it to Forrest Gump, but the idea of seeing a lot of chapters of a person's life, not necessarily their entire life like Mm -hmm. we do in Forrest Gump or like Big Fish or movies like that. But I do like movies that kind of display, you know, several chapters of a person Mm -hmm. because that's when you really do feel a sense of growth when you see them in Mm -hmm. one place and it isn't like, here's the big thing and now they have to be changed from it. It's just you kind of see them grow as the movie goes. And so with that in mind, uh, I'm going to give it four thumbs. four thumbs. I thought this was right up yeah. there with like gremlins and mm-hmm. those. It's a really good, it's a really, it's a really tight movie. Mm-hmm. 
And the fact that it predicts Trump in such a creepy, cryptic way is only icing on the cakes. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it four thumbs. Um, the thumbs I'm going to give are, oh, I'm definitely going to give two to uh, uh, Frank Dodd, because mm-hmm. that character in particular mm-hmm. just stands out for me. I had a very different image in my mind, but I read Cujo at a young age, mm-hmm. and the name of Frank Dodd popping around was always just a, a very scary thing, especially mm-hmm. just the name. There's something really creepy about mm-hmm. just... Uh, I, I might be personal, but yeah, just Frank Dodd, D-O-D-D, Dodd, Dad. I don't know. There's got there's something like mm-hmm. intrinsic to it. Stephen King's a wordsmith, so I'm sure he knows. I'd give two to Frank Dodd. Um, I'd give one to Greg Stilson so that he can give a big thumbs up on stage and mm-hmm. uh, show everyone uh, his support. And then I also want to give a thumb to Sonny, that crazy bastard mm-hmm. who uh, he'll probably land on his feet. I assume mm-hmm. he won't be going yeah. to prison, and he. He doesn't uh, seem like he kills himself. There's no mm-hmm. reason to. But He'll probably just find another guy to be goon for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this wouldn't be an episode of... Uh, oh, this wouldn't be an episode talking about the dead zone without a Christopher Walken off. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I got a fever. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Play it, baby. Play it. Uh, play it. Uh, <laughs> you do it again. I'll hit you in the face with a soldering iron. Hey, Mike... It's me, Christopher Walken. What? I, 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 I'm I, Christopher Walken too. Oh, hey, hey, Chris. Yeah. I, I meant to say, I really loved you in uh, Click, in that scene where where you reveal yourself to be the Angel of Death. I really loved that moment, Chris, Christopher Walken. I, I really loved that scene with you in Joe Dirt, where you and David Spade are talking to each other, and, and, and you say that line about you doing that again, and you'll hit you in the head with a soldering iron. I'll stab you in the face. I'll stab you in the face with a yeah. soldering iron. This is Christopher Walken saying, stay scary out there. Corey days. Have a Corey Day. Have a Corey Day.